Hello, everybody. Thank you for being here. This is the Hunt Harvest Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Hillary Lampers. If you haven't already, listen to episode number 19, which is our last episode with Dr. Jade Tita about testosterone and all things man. I highly encourage you to do that. If you're interested in learning more about your testosterone, testosterone replacement therapy, and basically how your body is working as you age and helping your hormones, you can find Dr. Tita's program, The Testosterone Effect, on our website. Just go to huntharvesthealth.com slash testosterone. There you can put in your email and you'll get all the information of where to buy that program. When you put your email in, if you don't get a response, please check your spam folder. Gmail is filtering out a lot of emails these days. So especially if you have a Gmail account, they may filter that uh, response email back. So check your spam folder. If you're interested in learning more, once if you do get that program or you're interested in maybe finding out uh, what your labs are, what your testosterone levels are, uh, he talks about a number of different uh, hormones and biomarkers uh, that we do for labs uh, to determine how your testosterone is doing. You can actually do that if you wanted to set up a consult with me, Dr. Hillary, you can on our website. I am doing long distance visits now. I do only have a certain number of visits per month that I take, but I'm offering that to the Hunt Harvest Health community. You can get more information about what we offer, prices, and what is included in a first-time medical consult by going to huntharvesthealth.com slash medical consults. On today's episode number 20, Ryan and I sit down with Jesse and Amanda Wise. Jesse is the 2017 director for Train to Hunt. So we wanted to sit down and talk with him about the new format that's coming up with Train to Hunt, the new additions like the kids race. We talk about their love for hunting, their first hunts, Amanda's first hunt, their their children hunting. And we just feel so fortunate to have them in our lives. They're some of the most genuine, authentic people that you'll meet. We love their children, and we have a great respect for what they've done with their faith and their family. If you have time, go ahead and give us a a review on iTunes or Stitcher. That helps us to climb the charts so that our information can get out to all those people who may need it. Also, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at huntharvesthealth.com. Thanks for being here. We couldn't do this without you. Enjoy. Welcome to the Hunt Harvest Health Podcast. Today, we are lucky enough to be joined by Jesse and Amanda Wise. We, uh, we actually came down and we're hanging out in their house. Um, we, uh, we got ourselves a good workout in, me and, me and Mr. Jesse. Yep. Um, Jesse and I, we, we met through Train to Hunt last year. Yep. You, um, I have not had the fortune of watching you compete, but... <laughs> yeah, you did. Oh, that's right in Washington. That's right. Yep, yeah. I got to see that. Yeah. You were you were the director in my first race down yep. in Nevada, Nevada, um, and yeah. Oregon, and Oregon, and nationals. So um, we've gotten to know each other through Train to Hunt, and uh, I kind of wanted to just talk to you guys a little bit about well, a lot of things. Um, a little bit of Train to Hunt. Obviously, you're the director mm-hmm. this year, 
and things have changed a little bit. Maybe we could kind of go into that. Yeah. Talk about how it's all evolved since mm-hmm. from when you started to where it is today. But uh, maybe give us a little background for guys that don't know who Jesse Wise is. Yeah, man. Um, shoot. I grew up in Salem, Oregon. Um, yeah, we. I grew up in a hunting family. My My dad hunted my whole life, so... Um, he never got to hunt. He grew up on the East coast. And so when he came over to Oregon from Boston, he, uh, he, he wanted to hunt. He wanted to own a gun and all that. His parents kind of were against guns and all that. So when he came over here, he hooked up with an uncle of his and the rest is history. He just, he went, he became a hunting fool. And, you know, I, I've seen some of the animals just, yeah. just coming into your house tonight. It was, uh, I got, I got quite a few stories of, uh, some past hunts that your, that your dad did and yep. man, it's impressive. Yeah. He's got quite a collection of antlers here. So I was pretty, pretty, uh, fortunate to hear all these stories from, from when he got into it and yeah. how he did it. But, uh, yeah. And that was, man, that was my entry into the world of hunting. And, you know, from a young age, I just remember my dad going away on these hunts and, waiting for him to come back and i, I so would, how old were you like i was first anywhere from you know like when i could start walking and talking you know two three years old um to you know in in my younger teen years too because you know school and baseball and all that would be happening and um and then my dad would go for a hunt and i would i'd just be waiting for the door when my you know he'd call and let us know he'd be home that night and you know, I'd be waiting there for him and he'd show up at like nine o'clock at night and just, we'd be, I, I wouldn't let him go to bed until he told me the whole story of right. how he killed this animal. And, right. And so, uh, man, I, yeah, I, it's interesting that how that, how that works. I was kind of the same way. And I, you know, having children now, I've always wondered how certain people get that fire, right. And cert, how certain kids don't develop that. And, uh, I always attribute that to same thing. You know, I used to watch my dad go away for like bird hunting yeah, and I'd never get to go. He wouldn't take me. So he'd come back. And like you said, he'd come back and he'd have all these stories and, you know, I'm just sitting there and you just, you just get this burning desire to want to be able to do it. Yep. But it was smart on his part. You know, he just, he didn't take me, didn't take me, didn't take me. And so I wanted it so bad. So when I finally got to that point, um, you know, where I could actually go with him and hang with him and actually carry a gun. Yeah. It was like ingrained in me. I, I just, yeah. I loved it, had to do it. So it sounds like you kind of had the similar situation. Yeah. Yeah. And I pretty much knew how to hunt just from listening to him, yeah. you know? And I mean, my dad, he was always like really good, at, especially with my older brother. I got a brother, Jason, who's two years older than me. And man, he would take me and Jason when, you know, he would take us for like a week or so, or like a few days here and there, um, out in the woods, knowing that he wouldn't get anything because <laughs> he had two little loud boys sure, behind him, you sure. know, six and, and eight, you know? Um, but I just remember those times, you know, and it's, it was a different time, man. Like, like the gear and everything these days, it it was all, you know, old army everything clothes. Was heavy. Everything was heavy. <laughs> you know, my dad was like, wasn't willing to, to, buy us boots even because he was like well you're just gonna outgrow these boots that are way too expensive sure and um and so he (laughs) i remember like he would we would get a pair of our um of our tennis shoes and he would just put a pair of socks on 
a plastic bag over those, another pair of socks on, and then have us wear our tennis shoes. Oh, that's perfect. In the in the waterproof you know, snow, we'd be waterproof, right? <laughs> <laughs> but man, that was Gore-Tex back. Yeah, then. my feet would freeze, man. But man, we'd be following my dad around the woods and stuff, and I just remember like he would shoot all these big bucks, and then. When he took us hunting, he, he stopped shooting big bucks, you know, and so he was kind of like sacrificing a but lot. I, that's just it, right? I mean, that's awesome that he took you guys, you know. Yeah. He, he he knew that he probably wouldn't be as successful, but he wanted you guys to learn. Yeah. And I think that's that's pretty important. That's it, it, I realize that now, thinking back, you know, that's that was something that, uh, you know, my dad sacrificed for me is, is – educating me, teaching me all these things. And he gave up a lot of his hunts and his, his, you know, woods time for, yeah. to show me and, and let me figure it out. So yeah, it's good. You, uh, you got that same opportunity and he was able to do that with you. Yep. Yep. And so, yeah, that's kind of led me to, you know, I got five kids and three boys, two girls and my oldest son, Isaiah, you know, I was thinking, oh man, I got to get my hunting in while I can, while they're young, right. you know, because I'll never kill anything, you know. And then my dad was always a rifle hunter, you know. He didn't. He always would like laugh at me. And yeah, what was his theory with a bow? I think I he's like, why would I throw sticks at at animals? You yeah. know. And like he, I think he went bow hunting one time. His story was he got like twenty yards away from a deer and couldn't shoot it because he was standing behind a bush, you know. And so he got he was <laughs> and with like, a rifle, he could have shot right yeah, through that bush. Yeah, and so he was done with a bow. And so I just I just had a passion for. Um, bow hunting well one because i got shot at when i was 15 so that kind of made me a little gun shy well, let's hear that story well i was I was actually on this property and um some guy was trespassing and um i was walk we had just um logged the whole property and i was walking down off the side hill here and in this only group of trees on the side hill and it was about i'm guessing the cemetery is about four to six hundred yards away and I saw this guy leaning against the fence down there, and uh, and, and I kind of ducked behind a tree, and I had a red shirt on with orange gloves on, and I'm thinking, I'm on my own property anyways, you mm -hmm. know, I'm 15, and uh, my dad and my sister were up on top here, and so I just was like, well, I'm not going to engage with some guy that's trespassing on our property, and so I just took the deer path that I was on, and and I, there was about 10 feet of opening, and the minute I hit the opening, a shot went off and <laughs> right above my head. Wow. Um, and I just started yelling and waving my hands, and the guy took off running <laughs> towards his car. And, uh, and so my dad came over the hill with my sister, and I met my dad, and my dad thought I had shot something. And, and I said, no, that guy just shot at me. And we could see him. We could see the road from the top of the property. And so we just watched what he did and, and where he went. And my dad kind of like, stay up here with your sister. I'm going to go find him. And I guess he went down there and found him. But what did, so what, what was he shooting at? Was he, did he think you were a deer? I, he was or? shooting at movement, I guess. Oh, I don't, I didn't hear. There's a lot of bright red deer around here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Those autumn Is that colors. An Oregon thing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So after that, I was kind of a little gun shy, you know, getting out. Um, and I told my dad I wanted a bow. And so he bought me a bow for my birthday. So you just wanted to kind of avoid the rifle season, kind of. In a, yeah, a little bit. You know, I, it just it just made me gun shy. You know, and and uh, and so I just got my first bow. And man, I just remember 
that 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 was a funny season because I had if it were me now I would, there were so many deer I could have killed man yeah. I mean so many deer <laughs> but my dad had no clue about bows um, he just bought me this bow and oh here's some arrows and I was finger shooting you know instinctive with a compound bow oh yeah wow. <laughs> you yep. know yep um and so yeah i i snuck up on these four bucks like right during the start of the season you know late august they were all in velvet is this right around here yeah this is like yeah. right off the top of the hill here and and we have 115 acres up here above the vineyard and um anyways we <laughs> i i snuck up and broadside like 30 yards you know and i'm i draw back on him he had no clue he was raking a tree and about 10 feet behind his butt mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and i'm like okay well that didn't work out i shot at a couple more had uh, you practiced much yeah i you, you i had yeah. but i mean it was like i was 15 and i oh, was yeah. you know i'd read stories about like chuck adams and i read a, a lot of magazines and that was the really the only only thing i actually read was hunting magazines right you know my dad would get all of the eastman's and outdoor life out, field and stream north american that, hunter yeah. all that you yeah. know and so i just consumed all of it and uh and so yeah that's uh that was my foray into bow hunting and i was unsuccessful sure. a lot so well, then that's how it's supposed to be right you're supposed yeah. to go through all those little bumps and bruises and misses and blown stocks and yeah. Have all those mistakes. Yeah, well, and and so, like, fast forward, though, you know, and, and it's like, so you say that, that's like, that's how, it, you know, we grow into these better hunters, I guess, um, you know, and then, like, I take my son for the first time, and so I know what to do. I know how to set a bow up. I know how to, you know, how to get him to practice. I know how to call out what he's doing wrong and right. what he needs to do. And you need to practice, blah, blah, blah. And then he shoots a 324 inch, you <laughs> yeah. know, elk bull elk, his first freaking animal. <laughs> I'm know? looking at that bull right now and it's, <laughs> yeah, it's really impressive. And that's not how it's supposed to work. No. <laughs> so like everybody I talked to is like, so, you ruined him. <laughs> so tell me about that hunt because uh, I know you had, you know, you had done some hunting and up to that point and, and killed some things. And how did that first hunt go with, uh, with Isaiah? Yeah. Well, we went out and Isaiah is just always pretty positive when it comes to hunting. And he's, uh, he doesn't like, going like for me and for like my brother and stuff we were like i need to get out i need to go i need to you know explore on my own and and isaiah he likes to be around like right there with Mm -hmm. me he likes to learn from me and um um and so that's kind of you know i i was kind of wanting to push him a little bit and okay you make a decision here you make a decision there and and uh the area where we go to it's just it's I mean, we saw, we were into elk every day and, um, and so there's a lot of good opportunities. Which is exactly the the perfect spot to take a, a young hunter, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, how old, how old was? 15. He was 15. Yeah. He was 15 and we had, he had rifle hunted the year before, um, for elk in, in the same area and, you know, all we, uh, it, it was a cow tag, you know, that he had and we went, we went down there and all we saw was bulls. <laughs> you know we saw literally we saw one cow elk she was like a thousand yards away running and the rest we saw were all like 
bowls. That's too bad. So like 15, <laughs> 16 bowls. Wow. You know, so it, it just didn't work out that year, but and um, this is an area that you had, you had hunted for several yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, and then we, we go in there and, and we had been, we had busted, I think it was like third or fourth day. Um, we had busted a lot of elk out, you know, we'd been within 60 yards of a nice six by six and, a lot of rag horns and stuff and you know we you could shoot cow or a bull in the unit that i hunt and um and so we weren't going to be picky or anything it was just it's just easier to draw the bulls in during the rut so um but we we just kind of just did a hail mary and went lower than we usually do and we were walking out and into some open junipers and and stuff and i spotted elk like about a thousand yards away and uh and so we made a game plan my brother was with us and he kind of hung back and and called for us and he was and so we we kind of swung around and Isaiah and I were following or we're we're following this kind of goalie down and trying to play the wind right because the wind was just swirling on us all the time every time you go into a little dip or a little draw it would just switch and we blow elk out and um, and so we were just trying to take it really slow. Like it took us an hour and a half to go 500 yards, you know, and right. cause I just kept checking, I ran out of a wind checker, you know, all in that one situation. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, anyways, we, we snuck into the herd. Um, long story short, we got within 50 yards of, uh, the first elk we could see and it was just super thick. And, um, so we're sneaking through these junipers and some, and some aspens and stuff and um and we get to this spot where these two fallen trees are and and we couldn't we wouldn't be able to get a shot over the tree so isaiah would have had to stand up on the lowest one that had fallen and and uh and so this bull works his way down the first time we saw him he was just he was huge you know because we he was 30 yards away he steps out 30 yards away and just starts raking this tree he has no clue we're there winds right in our face and uh and so isaiah just sneaks up stands on this tree you know and he's just for a 15 year old kid to hold hold it together yeah that's um tough. yeah and so he's sitting there he's got his you know his uh his uh bear truth series bow oh, yeah, you know sure. that he he bought off of ebay for like 140 bucks and and stuff and and uh he's just waiting and we literally sat there for five minutes and we're waiting for this bull just to take a step and he's just raking and, and licking the tree and he wouldn't really, he wouldn't really bugle. He just grunt a little bit. And my brother just kept calling behind us about 600 yards and the cows are filing behind him. And, you know, he, I just told Isaiah when he takes a step, I'm just going to cow call. He'll stop and just put it right behind his shoulder and squeeze the trigger. And so he did the minute he started moving, Isaiah drew back and I cow called, he stopped. And Isaiah put it right behind his shoulder. Just cool, calm, and collected. Yep. And yeah. then wow. right after that, he the bull busted out. And then I, I heard him fall. And, uh, and then Isaiah lost it. 
you know, it was just like, he, you know, he got the shakes and started crying and yeah, I started yeah. crying. My, yeah. my son just shot his first elk and all that, you know, I mean, it's like, and the funny thing is Amanda could pipe in too. Cause like she gets on me cause she's like, you, you didn't cry at our wedding. You didn't cry at any of our children's <laughs> birth, you know, but you cry when you kill an elk. Right, right. And? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah and can i say when else you cry sure oh, is that embarrassing oh. on a podcast no, go it. for it if he kills an elk or if he's watching a horse racing movie it, horse as the horse movie. like secretariat or sea biscuit as soon as they round that last corner it, it gets <laughs> to me i don't know what it is is it just horses <laughs> I, it's racing in general okay. like you know Huh. I don't know. Yeah. It's just like it's like anything the... with like big four-legged animals in it. Involved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess <laughs> not marriage, not the birth of his children, but elk yeah. and horses. So, oh yeah, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's. I mean, yeah. To watch your son, you know, take yeah. a take a his first shot at a bull elk and just like you at said, an elk. totally cool, calm, yeah. and collected, and get that shot in. Yeah, I mean, like at that's an elk. The first thing yeah. He'd... Killed yeah. with his bow, and yeah, yeah. Second, he oh, had, second he had killed a he had killed a deer up here by himself. Yeah, um, that same year, right? Three weeks before that. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, he. Uh, he's, and then, I mean, yeah, like you said, fifteen years old, and there's grown men that you know you get buck fever, right? It's a thing. Oh yeah. Trying to keep it together and get that first shot, and yep. and that was his first one with a bow. That's that's pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. wrote a neat, he wrote a neat article or story about that too, and he. He yeah. tells it really well, but I mean, he had been dreaming of that moment since he was, you know, probably three. Mm-hmm. So wow. that was pretty cool. To- yeah. So did he kind of uh, go through the same thing you did? I mean, he's probably watching you come back from trips. You had your stories and oh, yeah. I've heard some of your stories. They're awesome stories. I can only imagine him just sitting there listening to these things and yeah. probably drooling, just waiting for that day to get out there and actually go with you. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, and it's kind of funny, too, because, like, Amanda, like, hears them all the time, and she's probably pretty tired of hearing them all the time, because I'll retell them all the time. Is that true, Amanda? Come on, be honest. <laughs> I mean, I've heard them for about 20 years, you know, same ones, and so I tend to tune out just because I, you know, you hear, you know, the ending of a story <clears throat> uh, so well that you kind of tend to just multitask during certain yeah. stories, but yeah. not true for... For a lot of you guys, you could chew on the same story for a long time. I think that's really cool, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let's hear your story, Amanda. Oh, um, yeah. Let, let's talk. Uh, let's talk about how Jesse showed me a buck that you killed. Oh, yeah. Is that was that your first one? Oh, yeah. You, you, you took that with a bow. No, no, no. That, that was, was that, that, that was a rifle. rifle. Yeah, yeah. Okay. that was when I was pregnant with Micaiah. So that was my first. Yeah, that was my first hunt. And, so how'd uh, that go? It was good, actually. It was one of those things where, um, you know, Jesse had really been wanting to get me out and hunting, and <clears throat> at the time we didn't live, we didn't live here, and so and we had three little kids, so it wasn't like on my radar to wake up, you know, at the butt crack of dawn to like come out and hunt, um, you know, because I was still in mom mode of little kids and just exhausted, so. I was more interested in the evening hunts <laughs> and Jesse kept saying, come on, we got to get out there and do a morning hunt. And so anyway, um, I just wasn't very motivated and obviously hadn't spent much time hunting at that point. And, 
Um, anyway, this particular year, it was the last day of the season and Jesse had just been hounding me and hounding me. And finally, I just said, fine, let's just go hunting and let's just go do this. And he was like at that, it was like at noon, you know, and he said at noon, like, I wish you would have left this morning. You know, we're not going to see anything at, at this time of night. And so anyway, I was like, well, let's just go and let's just go and do this. So anyway, we came and yeah, we went hunting and, um, Let's see, Jesse, you were rattling, weren't you? Yeah, I was rattling and grunting. Yeah, for me. And so anyway, yeah, this beautiful buck, I mean, it just, it happens so fast. This beautiful buck appears uh, at the top of the hill and... Kind of disappears for a little while. Yeah. And anyway, but I had just, I had just, especially as my first time hunting, and I was just really concerned about having a bad experience or seeing uh, sure. seeing an animal suffer and i just thought i don't want to ruin it for myself and not want to hunt against so i just like oh lord give me a good shot like i just really wanted to have a now had successful... you practiced quite a bit like uh shooting no. like with the rifle much, no or... but i've sh- i you have shot. shot here and there yeah. and i i like to shoot i just hadn't done it very often but um but yeah anyway he came and i just he j- i hit him and he dropped Hit, hit right where I wanted. Yeah, it was a great shot. Put it right in the neck and he dropped he him in the stretch. He just piled right yeah. there. And I yeah. think I didn't have much time to process, you know, or to think like, how do I feel about this? Because Jesse reacted so quickly and he was like shaking my shoulders and saying, my wife just shot her first. Fuck, you know, <laughs> yeah, he just shaking me. So I didn't even have a chance to like process like how I felt about it. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, I'm not. I'm not like you, Ryan, where you're all calm and collective when you <laughs> okay. shoot things. I've heard you talk on the podcast about how you're like, just like, you know. The work starts, yeah. Yeah, you contemplate, you know, all that. I'm just, I just, man, if it's something like that, if it's like a first time event oh, yeah. or something like that, I just lose it. Yeah, yeah. So did you cry? That's. I don't think I cried. Not on that no, one. No, okay. that one. no, he didn't cry for me. Yeah. I didn't cry either, but it was a, it was a good experience, and that was the first and last time i hunted with a gun and yeah um so yeah and then i killed a doe two years, two years ago. ago with my bow and uh that was a harder one for me because you know i had say i'm isaiah and i are similar i think some people are like that where they want to go out and learn from somebody and jesse's tends to like just go out and do it yourself and he likes to kind of do that too but because it's taking the life of some <laughs> because it's taking the life of an animal i just felt like i really wanted to be alongside someone um, so it was a little bit trickier in the sense that that uh, morning when I went hunting, you know, Jesse wasn't quite ready to get up. And so I went out and, and I went hunting myself and, uh, yeah, I took a doe. It was a young doe and, uh, it was hard. I definitely cried because, uh, there were just some things about it that I hadn't expected. And so I'd wish that I had wished that Jesse was at my side to kind of walk me through all of those things. Right. I got pretty emotional. It sound, you know, sounded a lot, even just the sound, it sounded different hitting flesh than a target, just things like that, that were just kind of a new experience. And, mm-hmm. um, and I was able, I, I, I could hear her in the distance, but which, which bothered me too. And so I was just, I really wanted to find her and make sure she, uh, she was dead or that I could kill her quickly and that she wasn't suffering. So that was, a. Uh, yeah, for me, that was just a hard, I mean, sure, people have that experience and it's just part of it too, but just, right. it was just a brand new experience and I was kind of on my own. I, I kind of ran back and had Jesse get up to come help me track her, but, um, but I'm glad I did it. I just, I think I decided that day, like, I don't really want to, 
I think I'd rather just shoot a buck. I don't know why it makes a difference, but or especially not a doe mm-hmm. that was so young. Or, I don't know, but it was good and it fed my family. And that's kind of how, that's what got me through it was I saw my kids, my kids all came running, you know, when we were bringing her up and um, yeah, it was a good feeling knowing that this was going to feed my kids right. and it was just part, it's just part of it, you know? So, but just being my first time, there were just those things that I kind of had to walk through that I wasn't expecting now, were you were you happy that you went out and actually did it yourself, or do you actually wish Jesse would have been there that day? Uh, and did you, you know, get more out of it? I think it was both. And I, for me, it was like I like I said, it, I would have loved for I would have loved to, I wanted to, him to see me uh, with my bow hunting for the first time because he's the one that got me started on that. So I felt like it was it would have just been neat to have shared that with him. But there was also just the satisfaction of knowing that I got up and did it by myself, sure, and sure. that I that I could. And, and just to show myself that that was possible. So I think it, you know, both and, but I, I, you know, I don't have any regrets about it uh, yeah. at this point or anything like that. It was just, uh, yeah, those first that kind of caught me off guard, but. Sure. That's great. Yeah. And how many years ago was that? Two, two years ago. Yeah. 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 yeah not this yeah. last uh, season, but the one before. So this year I didn't do any, I didn't, I did get a tag, but I just wasn't ready to go out. And we had a, we had a very strange uh, season this year yeah. my little sister passed away unexpectedly uh in september so i wasn't really in the mode of i didn't really have anything on sure. my mind um it's been a weird few months but um yeah but and i probably i don't know i was recovering from an accident from a year ago um when i got rear-ended so i hardly pulled my bow back out all this summer and so i really was feeling especially after that experience i was feeling like i did not want to go out um you just weren't ready for it. No, I yeah. didn't want to take a chance of just wounding something. I don't feel like sure. I was uh, in that place, but hopefully next year. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I did yeah. pick up my bow for Isaiah's birthday. We went and and shot our bows, and it felt it did it felt good to shoot. So I was glad to see that I yeah I still liked it. It's just you know different yeah. seasons, I guess, for different things. So for sure, for sure, yeah, that's that's great. I mean, you guys, you guys have both competed, and you've. I don't remember when, when did you pick up your bow for the first time? Cause it was right before you started doing train to hunt. Wasn't yeah. It? Mm-hmm. Um, would it been 2000, would it have been 2013? 13, because when 14. was the Blackfoot? Well, what, what oh, year it was, was 13, 2013. Yeah. yeah. About two weeks before or when her was, event. When was the first nationals event? Was that 2014? 2014 was nationals. Oh yeah. So 2013. So, yeah. yeah. And you picked it up just quickly. It sounds like. Yeah, picked it up so, or grabbed it. So, as Jesse handed, well, handed like, it over to you. Picked it up versus like forced to hold it, maybe <laughs> a little bit. But she so just kind of gave her bow and said, "Yeah, I, it was kind of like, hey, babe, what do you think about like doing train to hunt?" And she's like, "Well, I might." And I'm like, "Here's your bow." <laughs> well, that's all it took. Well, little... I think it was before train to hunt that I <laughs> cracking the that door. we had. Yeah, I just it was not very long before because I only decided to do train to hunt two weeks before that event. Yeah, and so I think I had my bow for a couple months before that, but I hadn't shot it very much, and I hadn't wanted a compound bow. I was really wanting a recurve at that point because I just had this theory of I want to start with what's more complicated oh and gosh. then work um, just so I could understand archery a little bit better. But Jesse was. Um, no, I did buy you a recurve. He did, but I, but you know, it's like a couple months later that the compound came along. Yeah. <laughs> so because there was no way she would have been able to compete with the recurve. So <laughs> this sounds so similar to our experience because um, you know we've been doing the train to hunt, or I've been doing the train to hunts, and my wife, who's sitting right next to me, 
she kind of had the same thing. She, um, she saw what we were doing. She saw the excitement we get out of it and these challenges. And this last year she said, I kind of want to start shooting a bow. And of course, like you, Amanda, she, she wants to start out with like the hardest thing. <laughs> Everybody else is shooting compounds. I want to, I want to shoot a recurve. <laughs> that just looks like more of a challenge. Yeah. And, uh, Why don't and that's you just start did. off with an atlatl? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. So that's where she's at right now. She's, uh, she's flinging arrows with the recurve and doing really well at it. Um, <laughs> Right. I don't. I don't shoot enough. I don't practice enough. That's my big problem. Uh, Ryan's really good. Every night he goes out and shoots, and I just have stuff comes up, or I don't think about it. It's not on my radar. Let's put it that way. You know, yeah. I haven't been doing it long enough to be like, oh, let me go outside and shoot my bow. Uh, I look out my kitchen window and see a target right in front of my face every single day. So it really should be a a sign that I should go shoot, but it's not really on my radar to do that. And I realize that I need to do that in order to compete. Ryan's like, yeah, you can't outrun your shooting. So if you're going to do this, you better start shooting. <laughs> you know, uh, the physical stuff doesn't work, bother me too much. Cause I could push through that if I had to, but I just know that, uh, I need to practice shooting more. Yeah, and I maybe think- if I do the recurve, I could just I could win anyways and not have to compete against anybody. Yeah, be in your own category. (laughs) (laughs) But no, then Jesse said that to me the other day. And I thought, no, you know, I kind of want to compete with somebody. I I don't want to just go out there by myself. And that doesn't push me. It it might push me if I know everybody's at the finish line waiting for me to show up. Yeah. But if I had one person I I was competing with, I would be pushing myself more to, you know, if there's a bit more adrenaline involved, it pushes you through i think so shout out to any ladies out there that shoot a traditional bow and want to come compete and train to hunt and can join well, hillary in a category here's my idea and you can't shoot <laughs> i uh i would i would challenge amanda to step back in the ring and maybe oh. take up another train to hunt because she killed it before oh, and uh maybe I... you two could uh get your competitive juices flowing again and compete against each other yeah what's that what was that is it no age in traditional, or do they have age categories? It's it's just trad. Yeah. So it's however you you want to do it. Yeah, and then the weight is just based on your age. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, that would be fun to watch, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. I could get get my wife into it. And I don't Amanda know. Amanda could. I don't know, man. Amanda dust that bow off and. Amanda is a different beast when it all together comes to competition. You hear three, two, one, go, and she becomes a different person. I've heard that. I've heard that. I'd like to see it. What is interesting, though, about that that I learned kind of the hard way is I've learned how important that adrenaline is before a race, you know, to keep you going. And when, when when we were competing, that's what I hated was just the anxiety that came with before competition. It just consumed me. And... I didn't like that as a mom because I felt like my thoughts were always like, as I was preparing, like just, it was just so consuming. And then right before or the weekend of the competition, man, my stomach, just that feeling of like, oh, I just get so amped up and sick that I just hated it. And so on our, um, at the last nationals, I was so focused on keeping myself in this place where I was not going to get amped up or like stressed out or have anxiety and somehow managed to keep myself really calm. But then when three, two, one, go, it, when it was time, 
I was on my heels. Like I, I had to like force myself to like go. Cause I was like, I just felt so relaxed. So I yeah. learned the hard way. Like, okay, I guess you need to leave that adrenaline alone when you're competing and just kind of let it do its thing as uncomfortable as it is. I mean, at least in my case, it didn't work to get myself. Well, I would love to know how you calm your nerves because I could not calm my nerves. Nationals this year, I couldn't get calmed at all. I mean, my stomach was in knots. And I'm usually not that kind of guy. I usually okay. stay pretty calm for things. Yeah. This is one of those, that was one of those things. I just, I was nervous. My guts hurt. Yeah. Just ready for that like competition. That yeah. Just no. It over with. <laughs> no. And then it's, it's all gone as soon as, you know, yeah. what you want. As soon as I think you they make off, these so. special brownies these days. No, that's not what I was doing. <laughs> But I learned, at least for me, that that mm. adrenaline is apparently the fuel that I need to to do well. Because I really felt like I was just sluggish without it. So, yeah. But I just, I, I don't care. She's an amazing that. competitor, man. I'll just yeah. put it that way. I'm. Yeah. That's how I. I was like, well, I'm never going to win on my own. <laughs> so you brought her in. I brought yeah. her. You in. did actually. You like, and Mark won the men's team in, in Tamarack. Yeah, we did. We did. But I mean, most the majority of my trained to hunt medals were with Amanda. So, yeah, <clears throat> talking to you guys about trained to hunt. I mean, Jesse, you're a director now, so you're heavily involved in it. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, everybody that I talk to with the trained to hunt, they always have this story of like how it's totally changed them. Now, my wife, she has that story. She hasn't competed, but she's been to these events and she's gotten to meet all the people involved and she's come away with this r- really you know, respect for all these people that are actually, you know, going through it and suffering and doing all this. And, um, that's gotten to where, you know, she's semi thinking about actually, uh, doing one of them, but, mm-hmm. um, everybody seems to have a story. You know, Scott Carr's mm-hmm. got a great story. It's changed people's lives. I mean, what, 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 what was it about trained to hunt that, that, uh, you got, you got, you took away from it when well, you started? Well, I would say what got me into it and then what took me away, I'll start with what got me into it was um, my dad passed away and he uh, got in a really bad car wreck, but he ended up dying from a massive heart attack and they did an autopsy and found out that he had extreme heart disease. And um, and it was just the, this lifestyle of, you know, even though he hunted he liked to hunt, he just stopped hunting after a while just because physically he just wasn't able to just hike in the hills, you know. He wasn't able to do what he wanted to do in his 30s and his in his early 40s. Um, and so he, uh, you know, he ended up passing away from extreme heart disease. And my mom kind of was like seeing that progression that I was on the same path. Not that I was like stagnant and watching television all the time, but... I was eating wrong. You know, I was, it was like, if I didn't have a milkshake every day, it was, it was a bad day, you know? And I was like almost 200 pounds and, uh, you know, I had a little bit of a, a beer belly on me without drinking beer. Cause I'm not a big beer guy. Um, but, and it, and it like my dad passed away and then, you know, all these like habits that I got into, I'm, I'm like sweets or, you know, sugar and oh yeah, just like sugar and dieting and stuff. And I always like poo pooed it. Like anything green is bad, and <laughs> you know, vegetables sucked and all this stuff. And well, it's easy to do. There's tastier yeah, foods out there. Exactly. Is and 
And so I really wasn't like interested in all that. You know, I just followed my dad's footsteps that way. And so when, when he passed away, my mom really sat me down and was like, listen, you can't keep doing this. Like you're going to kill yourself. And, um, and so, and not that it would have happened right away, but, um, but she kind of like, you know, kicked my butt. And, uh, and my, the funny thing was, or the irony of it was my, my dad was, you know, he wasn't healthy, didn't work out, nothing. And my mom was an aerobics instructor and Pilates and all this stuff for like 35 plus years. And she still does it, you know, she still does Pilates and stuff at the courthouse here. And she's just super fit, you know, as a 60, (laughs) how old is she? 60. One sixty-two, sure. Um, and uh, and so that really like I knew I needed to do something, and so you know that's when like Cameron Haynes came on the scene with lift, run, shoot, and all this stuff, and I right. saw that guy, and so I'm like, well, I just need, I'm just gonna go run, and then I got a bike and started riding bike out of Corvallis and stuff, and and then um, and then as I was reading an Eastman's journal one time, I looked and there's this dude running with his shirt off and in through the woods with bow and hand. And, and I'm like, what is this train to hunt? And so I looked it up, you know, online and I'm like, I got to do this, you know? And it was the first year they were going to do like the two day event where it was the challenge course the first day and the 3d shoot the next day up at bogus basin in Boise. And, uh, man, I signed up for it, you know, and I just started training for it for like three months start running, riding, um, just doing all I could. And, you know, I, I started dropping a little bit of weight, adding muscle, you know, so it kind of balances out that way. And so um, were you like 200 pounds right when you started this? Yeah. Around that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like 195, I'd fluctuate here and there, Mm -hmm. but you know, I still pretty active, but not healthy at all. I mean, like even up until, I don't know, two years ago, you know, I really didn't eat that well mm-hmm. you know um just because it hadn't your guys's podcast hadn't hit yet <laughs> but you know i mean just like this whole food thing that everybody has gotten into mm-hmm. these days and and it's really helped a ton and so you know and then i started doing train to hunt and i went to bogus that first year about five six years ago now um man and i got my butt handed to me and I thought, you know, I'm like, all right, I've been training for this, you so know. So you went into it thinking I, you I were in great shape. Pretty confident, right? Yeah, and yeah. then, you know, I ran against two guys that had trad bows and they kicked my butt. And I had a compound. And I was like the last guy. And I was thinking, man, I just made a fool out of myself, you know. But the thing that attracted me to train to hunt, man, Russ Meyer was at the first one, Mark Warrenke. Okay. Those are, you know, Sue Warren Key, um, you know, all these, Matt Davis was at the first one that I was at. So all these guys and I didn't get like this cold shoulder or anything, man. I showed up like five to seven minutes past the last guy that shows up right at the end of the course and everybody's cheering for me and everybody's pushing me through. And it, and I was like, wow, this is different. You know, it's like, and so it, it was just, and then they talked to you like you weren't a loser, you know, and, and it, because we're not 
right? You're out there, and that's what train to hunt is all about, and that's what attracted me to Kenton and attracted me to all of this whole community is, you know, we're not out there. Yes, it's a competition, and you can win stuff and blah, 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 but in the end, if you're there to make yourself better, you get everybody's respect. Yeah. You know, because I know there's guys that show up that that know that they're probably never going to win at a trained hunt event. Like me, you know, I would have never, I, I mean, I, I could probably eventually if I trained hard enough and long enough, but I don't have enough time in the day to do that, you right. know, to, to run against guys like Scott Carr or, or you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or Russ Meyer or something like that, that just have been, had this like, genetic physical ability you know that is just off the charts and it's it's all good you know but it's when people show up and they just and they love the community and they love talking to people about their hunting stories and and just you know just hanging out and just meeting new people and it's it's unreal man it's unreal the the different lifestyles and the different places where all these people come from and we get to connect over training to respect the, respectfully, you know, harvest an animal. Right. Yeah. It's weird. It's it's kind of hard to describe. Um, you know, I, I've told my story a million times how, you know, you guys called me and I won an entry down to Nevada yeah. and I went down, just showed up. I hadn't trained at all. And, you know, it's just expecting, you know, I, I like you, I had seen it in, you know, wherever advertising for it. And I knew Ken. And I hadn't even signed up for one. Um, and I knew he was a great guy back in the day when I'd met him, but I, I kind of wussed out and just never put my name on the pad and actually went for it. Um, whereas you did, but, um, it's hard to describe because you go down and it's, it's like this infectious from the top type thing where Kenton's such a great guy. And it's, yeah, like you said, you, you go down there to challenge yourself, but even if you do come in dead last, everybody from top to bottom is cheering you on. Everybody is like patting you on the back. Yep. And so you walk away from it, whether you're first or you're last, coming away, you're driving home and you're thinking, this was awesome. This mm-hmm. was one of the biggest accomplishments of my life, whether you win or you don't. Yeah. And it's just hard to explain um, what you get out of it. And, uh, you know, again, like you said, there's not, it's not like there's a, like, there's like a big money pot at the end of this. It's not for that. No. It's uh, seeing if you can get through it. It's doing, giving everything you absolutely can to uh, to get to that finish line yeah. and do your best. Yeah. Just what Ryan was talking about with the, you know, his perception of it and not doing it and all that. And when he finally did it, uh, and then I went to, which was when I, yeah, I went to Washington where I met you guys. Mm-hmm. When I went to train to hunt, I was like, God, these people are actually nice. They're family oriented. They all are healthy. That's another thing, right? Mm-hmm. Hunters aren't healthy. They, they, you know, they just drink beer and they don't take care of themselves and they don't blah, blah, blah. You know, they don't care about nutrition. And, yeah. and then I just, I, I was just kind of blown away by the quality of the people. And for the first time, and then I went to nationals and we had so much fun in nationals and really for the very first time, and I mean, I'm 44, where I thought to myself, 
Wow, I I I might be interested in. I wouldn't say I'm at the place where I'm interested in killing an animal, mm-hmm. but I'm at that place where I'm like, wow, I I could see myself like even competing in this or doing this and not feeling like a redneck. Does that make sense? And yeah. that's a really hard place for someone like me to get to. It's like an intellectual who's really been married to a redneck for a long time. <laughs> going, you know what? I, the, the whole stereotype. It's just a stereotype. And mm-hmm. even you can even live with somebody and mm-hmm. totally stereotype them. Yeah. yeah. You know? You know? I always tell Kenton every time I see him, I'm like, man, you changed my life. Hmm. Mm-hmm. He gets he, that a lot, too. I yeah, mean, I'm lot. sure he gets it a ton. Yeah. I think it's so cool, though, hearing the story of someone that hasn't yet competed, but has a life-changing story just by being in that environment and in that community. I feel like, you know, there's probably a lot more of those stories, too. And that's it's really powerful. Yeah. I like I like that because, you know, I, I picture, like, at Nationals, too, um, all of these different, and that's what I, kinda, I was talking about, all these different people coming from these different places in life. And, like, you show up and you're, like, so far removed from the hunter aspect. And that's and that's the problem. And that's the problem that we're seeing in that, in that podcast, like the Gritty Bowman and Hunt Talk with Randy Newberg. And all these guys are keying into is the fact that we can't be these dumb rednecks anymore right. and bury our heads in our in our little hunting group and and not uh, and not address all the people out there that that hold our hunting rights in their hand mm-hmm. in their right. hand to vote right and so we have to stop being you know flippant and just being like, well, if they don't like it, they can take a hike. It's like, no, because we're going to lose those those rights to to go harvest, you know, good, clean protein, you know, and 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 start doing it in a way. Because like I was like I was like that, you know, I, I would just hang around with hunting people and not and not talk to anybody outside of the hunting community and not talk to anybody. And it was like, like if, if somebody from your you know circle would come in, they would be ostracized. Like you, you're just, you know, stupid and closed minded. And I was stupid and closed minded in that, you know, and I would never, I didn't learn how to, you know, uh, talk and, and to communicate and, and to share how, it, the whole process happens and that and that's been the a great joy of mine is just listening to guys like Randy Newberg and, and Steve Ranella and you know Brian and Gertie Bowman and all these different things and I get to I, I get to know some of these guys and it's like wow it's it's yeah it's um you mentioned Brian and he's he's gotten really good at it yeah um and Steve Ranella as well you know they've kind of brought this this other, the other side, the folks like my wife, you know, that just had no idea of how, what hunting's about, how it works, what we're actually doing, conservation aspect of it, all these different things. So yeah, now it seems like, you know, in our groups, um, through social media, through train to hunt events, through these challenges, people are actually kind of opening up their mind to, we got to know how to talk to people. Yeah. We can't just yeah. stay closed minded. We can't just like you mentioned, stay with our little hunting groups and just talk 
talk in a certain way. Yeah. If it's brown, it's down. All those little kind of key phrases that some people just don't think about. Mm -hmm. But in today's world, you nailed it on the head when you said they hold our privileges, our hunting Mm -hmm. privileges with their votes, Mm -hmm. right? So people's minds can be changed. And um, I think it's been said over and over. There's like, what is it? 80%, 60%, whatever it is um, of the folks don't really have a real like yes or no to hunting. You know, they're kind of in the middle, yeah. right? And um, when we show how it can benefit folks through not just, and I've, I've, I've talked about this before, not just the food aspect, that is a huge aspect. And it's really hard to argue with, you know, how, how clean and how mm-hmm. beneficial it is to folks who hunt that they get this meat. But there's all these other aspects of it as well. Um, yeah where guys like Randy have gone into the conservation aspect and, and what our dollars do for animals. And, yeah. um, yeah, it's super important. And train to hunt is just a kind of a, a, a an arm of that where it's, it's bringing other folks into it. Just like my wife yeah. who, uh, who are all, all of a sudden like breaking out of this thing where they, they had a closed mind to what we did before. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I give all the props and credit to, in the world to Brian call because man, he has, completely changed i was like you i used to just i was so tired of arguing with people Mm -hmm. when they they put you in this box as you're just a redneck hunter um you're just killing stuff to kill it and i don't i just i know i'm right i know why i do it i don't need to explain it to them yeah but you do need to explain it to them because you need to know your why yeah you got you got to explain it you got to be able to you know do that in a way that that um you know, it, it's for all of us, right? Yeah. I mean, when, when we go up against somebody and we just kind of blow them off and say, this is why I hunt, take it or leave it. Well, that person now has such a negative mm-hmm. idea of you and as yeah. hunters yeah. as a whole, you might not ever get that guy back. You might not ever get him to change his mind or, or be open to the yeah. idea. So, yeah, it's, it is very important. And it's funny how this conversation has kind of spun into that and with, uh, you know, how my wife was, her eyes were open to um, you know, kind of what we do and, and what us hunters are all about. Like yeah. I've said before, we're actually pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, at least you are. <laughs> no hunting community. Yeah. Or just, yeah, it is. It's, it's a lot of good people, man. Oh, for sure. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So Amanda, the train to hunt part for you, I mean, you're not competing anymore, but you did it and you loved it, right? <laughs> I loved it when I was done. <laughs> I mean, not that I was done. I loved, I was, yeah, once I was done, I was like, wow, that was the best time ever <laughs> yeah. leading up to it. You know, like I said, I'd get so. Do you think you'll ever do it again? Um, or is that kind of just. I don't know. I'm done? not opposed to it, mm-hmm. doing it again. I think, you know, like I said, this last year has been so weird that there's just not been a lot of fight in me. I've been a lot different. I'm not really sure who I I am right now. And I'm not, I don't know that I'm fully back. But like I said, sure. this week, I've been feeling a little bit like a cloud's lifted and a little bit more of that fighter mentality. I wrestled with my boys yesterday. So that was a big step in the direction of normal. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely not opposed to it. I just, I think the first thing for me is just getting back and uh, becoming friends with my bow again, spending time with my bow and, and just getting back into, into working out. You know, I just started uh, the last week or last two weeks, just trying to get out and run and do some workouts and, you know, just 
been a funky winter and I haven't had much motivation to do anything. And I think once I get to that point where I'm back in, when I'm in that regular workout, my body's starting to crave it. Then I, I feel like there's so much that changes in, mm-hmm. in what I'm wanting to do. But yeah, just now it's just been a st- strange season. So See, I know Jess, Jesse's a director now and, and I've seen you like doing so much, like helping out, like with the scoring and with the races and the challenges and all that. Yeah. I just, I just kind of figured, well, Jesse must need her help. You know, she's, if I, she's I running do. the show for real. I do. If <laughs> I competed again, you know, um, Callie Boschman, I, we've talked for a while. Like if I was to compete again, I would probably compete on women's team with Callie, you know, and she puts that bug in my ear. Uh, That's not a bad move. A she is one no. tough, yeah. tough lady. She wanted, she actually wanted to just trade up to a better partner. <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> is that it? Yeah. I Kelly think, is pretty tough, man. I'd yeah. drag her down, man. I think she would crush me in so many ways. The oh, pull-up yeah. department. And, she oh, is tough. So I have to first get my motivated back to be a good partner for Callie, but my motivation back. But yeah, I think that would be fun. But I don't know. Right now, I just feel really happy to help Jesse. Train to hunt is so important um, to me and to us. And yeah, it's been life-changing individually for us and as a couple. And um, so right now, I just feel happy to do my part if it's standing alongside Jesse and keeping scores um, for people and cheering people on. I love... um, I did. I like competing. It's such an incredible aspect because you're you're struggling with people, and you just start gaining such a respect for for each other, and you get done, and you just there's just such a it's just such a bonding experience when you're in the you know when you're competing versus spectating or helping. But I feel like each of those places has their role and their importance, and so each one has been so good. I mean, some of my I mean, I feel like spectators are such a huge piece. I think of Beth Carr and just people like that that are just their familiar faces, especially for competitors that have done it more than once. And you see those same faces and they're cheering you on. And I don't know that they realize how much that can fuel you when you're feeling like you're out of gas, just having people there that love you and support you and just believe in you when you feel like you don't have anything left to give. So I have mad respect for spectators and I like being on that end too, where I can, especially on the finish line, I like keeping score and just being there to yell people in on that last, that last bit. So, and I like being uh, able to help Jesse how I can and still be involved. Like, I feel like that's my way when I'm not in a competitive mode or not in that space where I still want to keep my foot in the door and be a part of it and just, watch people's lives be transformed and just kind of, um, I love also seeing people that are new to it, just, uh, come and experience for the first time. Um, right. just all that trained to hunt involves, but yeah, I mean, for me personally, when I was competing, it was just huge. And I've shared that I think before, um, uh, somewhere else about, uh, yeah, it helped in so many ways. I think that first time when we did Blackfoot, when I, you know, that was just, uh, when I decided to, try it that two weeks before um I was so intimidated and the whole 12 hours there I was just I kept thinking what was I thinking I was so sick but Jesse had already paid my way and uh, I'm kind of cheap so I was like there's no I'm gonna let this money go to waste so I just you know made myself go and to do it and um but that was a cool one just only because I ended up getting second I think I missed first by just seconds and i was so shocked like i when 12, they were 12 seconds 12 seconds okay i was so shocked when that ha- i mean i was not expecting to place at all and so right. when someone came and told me that my name was on the board in second i was like are you sure like i was i was so blown away so that was really fun like going and not and just expecting to like 
I mean, I had no idea what to expect of myself. Um, I certainly wasn't expecting that, but I feel like for me, that was just such a great, um, it was just good for my confidence, just for my own self to be like, I mean, I think you're more capable. I think more capable of things than I think, I think that that's, I am. I think that's true. I think, you know, I think a lot of people going into their first one, they, like you, I was the same way. I thought I'm just going to be bottom of the barrel here, Yeah. but I'm going to try it and do it and just, you know, fight yeah. my way through it. And I think most people probably come away thinking they're going to do worse than they actually do. And they surprise themselves. Yeah. Right. I think I it's think a good thing. I don't feel like there's a lot of things in life where you can surprise yourself. Yeah. And I think trying to hunt offers that. And I think mm-hmm. that's, I mean, even if you're coming in last place, I guarantee you're going to surprise yourself with what you accomplished when you're right. doing something like this, you know? And, um, and then I think, yeah, that following year when, uh, when we went to nationals, um, you know, I, I think I should about that. That was life changing for me in so many ways because, you know, that year I really, I really didn't want to to compete. There were times, you know, where I would like, while I was competing, I think I remember in the women's open at Nash era in Oregon that year, I was really struggling with my pack up this hill. And I remember thinking, wait, why am I doing this again? And, uh, and yeah, I just, it was just like this knowing of like, I just needed to do it. I just needed to accomplish it for whatever purpose. I think it was just a greater purpose than I had had in mind. In my mind, I want to say, this is just a competition. Like, why am I so worked up? Why am I so consumed by it? But then that led to nationals. Uh, we also competed and we went to nationals in a couple. But um, at nationals, I had no idea what to expect. And uh, I feel like that was so life-changing for me just because there's so many, I, I mean, maybe people in general, but I think more specifically women. I can't speak for men, but we can just so struggle with the comparison issue and uh, insecurities. And so it's really vulnerable to feel like you're showing up, especially, in, uh, I think for me being a type, I tend to want to stick to the things and probably a lot of people do that they're good at. You want to feel good about what you do. And so it sure. takes a, it's a lot of, uh, it exposes a lot of insecurity to do something that you don't feel like you're good at. And, mm. um, and so that was really hard for me. I, I think, uh, one of my natural weaknesses that trying to help me push through is a fear of failure. I don't like to fail. No one really likes that, but I think I would try to avoid things where I would feel like a failure and so, or feel like I didn't meet my own expectations. And so it really stirred up a lot of insecurities and then especially showing up and and seeing, you know, that our competitors were one, you know, CrossFit trainers, one couple and another couple professional archers. And here we're, I mean, I'm like, I, well, I raise five kids and I'm super proud of it, but I don't really know how it's going to help me in this competition, you know? (laughs) And uh, apparently it helped a lot. Yeah. But yeah, but I feel like that was so huge for me. And so when we, that was another surprise, you know, getting onto that, 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 uh, stand that first place stand at nationals. I mean, I just, I just came undone and it wasn't just about that. It what that gold medal. It was awesome, but it signified so much more to me of just like the things that I had to overcome of insecurity and, and just fears and being able to, um, just not be held back by those things. Mm-hmm. And I mean, um, yeah, I don't know. Trying to hunt has just been big for me. I feel like those things are things that have moved me so much beyond a competition that, I mean, I want to, I want to pack those things with me through life of just not letting fear or insecurity hold me back or, or uh, make me back down from things. I mean, if it's something that I'm not good at or not confident in, but just be willing to. Yeah. I mean, stepping outside of your comfort zone, I think is always good, right? Yeah, It's just going to help you grow with things. And, yeah. Know. And that's what we want. You know, we try to instill in our children. So, and that was huge for me too, because those, that year, those competitions, one of the main things that got me through was knowing that my girls, my kids in general, but just being a mom, knowing that my girls were at that finish line and I did not, 
I wanted to be an example to them. I wanted them to see me struggle and not give up, you know, and I just feel like that's so important. That's something that I really want my kids. I don't want my kids to be afraid of struggles in life. Mm-hmm. I sure. don't want them to feel like it's the end of the road when things get hard. I want them to learn to struggle well and to see what comes of it and the character that develops from it. And so yeah. I feel like that was one of my main motivations. Is I really wanted, uh, I really wanted to uh, make my girls proud and to be an example to them. And so that was really special hearing, you know, my kids' voices as I was running in, hollering for me. And it was super oh, yeah. special. Yeah. I bet. Wow. Yep. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, now, um, this year we get, we're getting kids involved, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. We got yep. kids coming in. And on a side note, I got to compete against Isaiah, mm-hmm. your son. Yep. yep. It was one tough cookie, um, <laughs> I got to say, and uh, and that was a blast. Um, I mean, what does he think of all this? Oh man, he's been he'd been chomping at the bit for years, ever since I started training, you know, to do a train to hunt event. And since he turned sixteen last year, him and his buddy Cody, you know, they uh, they both were sixteen and they both got to compete, you know, and. Uh, Man, they were just super excited, and I, I actually loved it because I knew he was going to get his butt handed to him on the meat pack. And they did awesome, though. They I mean, did great, but I knew, like, because you know, I would go train, I would go throw on weight all the time, and he'd be like, "Ah, not today, oh, not today." You know, I'm, and I'm not one. I used to be like, "Oh no, you're you're doing it. I'm not going to let you just get." skate by but last year i was like all right and i wanted to i wanted him to learn his lesson like oh maybe i should have trained right a little harder sure. <laughs> you know because <laughs> at that age 16 you think you're invincible um you can just do whatever and get away with it which there is a little bit of that like you can you can just your metabolism you know doesn't pack on this weight, <laughs> you know so it's just like he could just go and go and go, but yeah, when when it comes to strength, though, when it comes to putting weight on your pack and and going for distance, man, yeah, it's it's not easy. Yeah. You know, you got to train that, and um, and that was his toughest part. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. by far, by far. Yeah, I think that was really special too for him because and and Cody, it was cool for them to compete together. But, you know, that was one of the things that I had a harder time with that going into it because I was wanting to give them some tips and. Um, or, or encourage them to talk, go, go pick the brains of people that have competed before and just kind of, kind of glean advice. And, you know, that was something that I had to learn too, to kind of step back. Cause they, he didn't want he didn't want any of it. You know, he felt like he had it and he had volunteered. And I mean, Isaiah has volunteered at all these events and, uh, he's an incredible cheerleader for people. Mm-hmm. A lot of people yeah. just love Isaiah's encouragement. So I think he felt equipped, but you know, it's quite different when you actually get a pack on. And so when he wasn't coming for quite a while, I started getting a little concerned and went to look for him and he was really struggling and, uh, you know, um, so I just got to kind of cheer him through, but I think that that was so valuable for him to see, you know, I, I feel like that's part of, that's part of the deal. Right. And part of mm-hmm. him becoming more of a man is just realizing like how tough it is. And I just, I think he gained a lot more respect for people sure. and, um, 
And I think he knows now. I'm sure he learned, you know, yeah, yeah maybe I should have uh, yeah. done the meat factor. I think that's one of his, that's one of the My things dad. that he first said was like, man, I should have listened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And that's worth a million dollars yep. right there. Yeah. Just yep. those th- kind of that's lessons. That's worth the price of admission. Yeah. Well, it's pretty cool that he's, you know, he's got to watch you guys compete and, and have success in it. And, and then he got to show up and I got to watch him compete, compete against him. And, yeah. um, you know, he did really well. He, he did, re- did well in the shooting. He did well in the challenge part. Um, but the, uh, the meatpack event was so hard last year. It was 80 pounds, right? Yep. And, you know, he's not, he's, yeah, he's 16 years old. Like he's, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's not like he's a 200 pound guy. So, no. Um, but that's what I'm, that's something that I think this year, um, it's going to be pretty cool watching how this progresses with the kids because yep. they've got three divisions. My daughter's going to be in one of them. She's excited about it. Mm-hmm. She's in the youngest one. She's eight and under. I think there's an eight and under. Eight mm-hmm. to thirteen and thirteen and up. Is that how it goes? It's like an eight to twelve and eight thirteen. 12. I think there's like a holy. I can't remember what canon I came up with. <laughs> you guys have been talking yeah, a lot lately. It's, it's probably all. It's yeah. It, it's gonna iron out. Yeah, <laughs> in the something end. like that. Yeah, but there's like a thirteen to fifteen. Yeah. 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 I, I I've seen the videos on how it's all set up. And yeah. I showed. Uh, I showed Paley, and actually, you know, one of your boys was there doing yep. all the burpees, and Evan. Yeah. I was like, "Look at look at this kid here! Look at what you're going to be competing against! You better get after it! So <laughs> go out and do some sprints and do some shooting and all yeah. that." And I think it's just super cool, and mm-hmm. um, yep. you know, it's just starting at an early age and gets their little competitive yeah. juices flowing, and it's it's awesome. And plus, yeah. it gets me out there with her, and we get to like have this common goal, like we're training for something. Yeah, we're, and she, it, in fact. I, she was confused. Like we, we told her we we're coming down here to Oregon this time. She's like, Oh, we're going to train to hunt. All right. And she was so excited because she thought we were actually going <laughs> to like, train to hunt this. event yeah. and she's super ready to do it. That's but, cute. um, yeah. yeah. I mean, how exciting. I mean, I think just this fitness and I mean, fitness and eating well are important, mm-hmm. but so, I mean, to pass it on to your kids and to, and this is just another aspect, train to hunt, including a children's course, just, um, I think it's so important to get kids started early on just the importance of fitness and yeah. health and instilling that love. Yeah, in them for absolutely. Those things, and, so. it, and like we always talk about train to hunt, it's a family, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. We all kind of get it. And we're all, you know, get super close um, just from shared suffering, I guess. But yeah. now it's actually the whole family. Like yeah. my whole family is going to be involved with kids and, yeah. and you guys as well. So it's, yeah. it's pretty cool. Now you're, your my kids have not, or my daughter has not been able to hunt yet. You've got five kids. Mm-hmm. Tell me how that. Tell me how you see this going. I mean, I I potentially see a lot of meat in the freezer. Yeah, <laughs> that is. <laughs> and it's potentially you got high gonna, hopes. It, I got high hopes, man. But it it potentially is going to put me in you know bankruptcy or something like that, man, <laughs> with the tag prices. But buying freezers too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got plenty of freezer space right now, so. But no, um, you know, I've, I've, I've really wanted to like, cause Isaiah was, was pretty easy. You mm-hmm. know, he's been, you know, shooting at things with his bow since he was three, yeah. you know, um, and just tr- waiting, couldn't, couldn't hardly wait for the day that he got to go hunt. Mm-hmm. And so it, he's been bit by the well, bug, he's, man. I mean, he's yeah, spoiled. He's, he's he's got his three twenty bull or whatever <laughs> yeah. it is, his first bull, and it's a three twenty bull. He's spoiled. Yeah. So how about yeah. the rest? So you know, I got a fifteen year old daughter and a thirteen year old daughter, and then you know, and so with girls, you know, it's just like they've 
I've been the same dad with them that I've been with Isaiah. At least our girls can't speak for all girls. Yeah, at least with <laughs> our girls. And um, but you know they just you know they're like I'm like hey you want to hunt you know and and they're like yeah sure you know but it's more like I think it's more like they just want to do it because I think they think dad. I want to do it sure. I, I want them to do it you know and and go or go hang with dad and. Which is fine by me. I mean, if they sure. want to just come hang with me, I'm good with it, you know. And so, the, you know, I started them with the, you know, online um, Hunter's Ed course and stuff. And they've kind of, you know, piddled through it. And they haven't got it done yet. And, you know, but then I, Ezra, he's my uh, 11-year-old. And, man, I just signed him up for the train or for the um, Hunter's Ed course. And he, boom, he finished it, you know. And so, and he can't even hunt. Yeah, you know, legally he can do the mentored youth program here in Oregon, but and he's ready. He's been waiting yeah. to go bear hunting for oh really for so long. Yeah. And so I tried to draw both a man and I tried to draw spring bear tags this year. We didn't get get them, nor did we get the southwest tags. Um, so we're out for spring at least, and so we're still you know looking for fall bear, but um, which isn't easy. We found. And plus, I'm not a bear hunter, man. It's deer and elk for me, and yeah, that's yeah. it, you know. So, um, but so I think I, that's part of the fun too. Is kind of seeing how their hunting interests yeah. carrying them. You know, Jesse's not hunted bear, but Ezra, that's been like that's his, his focus. Thing. That's what he wants yeah. to hunt first. And that's so what he wants to kill. I think that's neat because naturally, that's going to broaden Jesse's horizons as well as he's taking these kids out to hunt what they're wanting to. Right, so. right. That's interesting. Yeah, my daughter's. That's the first animal she wants to go for is. Um, is a bear. Really? She wants to go for fall bear. It's going to be a blast. We, yeah. mean, in Washington, we have some really good uh, bear hunts where it's just like the perfect scenario for children. You know, yeah. you get out, the weather's generally good in August. Um, you get up in these berry fields and it's it's nice out. You can park it by a lake and, you know, camp there. And oh, nice. Usually see a lot of animals. It's, you know, it's a lot of action, right? And, you know, you got plenty of time. These bears get in these berry patches and they're just like, they just sit there and they chow down. And it's just like the perfect scenario. And it's funny how, you know, I've hunted deer, I've hunted elk, I've hunted these things. And, and that's what my daughter wants. She's, that's what she talks about. The yeah. first animal she's going to get when she finally gets to go hunt with that is, is to go chase that bear. So, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's cool. funny. That's cool. I don't know how it works out that way, but mm-hmm. it yeah. did. So Cool. Yeah. And that's, so, you know, and, and then Evan, of course, my youngest, he's uh, eight and... You know, he's can't wait to go hunt either. So, and he turns um, nine in May. So, he'll be able to do the mentored youth program this year through Oregon. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, he'll be able to, you know, shoot a rifle and, and uh, <laughs> hopefully we can get out there and get, get a hunt going. And, but, you know, it's, it's just, gonna, it's going to be so different, you know, um, you know, for me, as well as probably you, I mean, you're so used to going up there by yourself or with a buddy. Yeah. And you can just go, right? Yep. Um, now, when you went out with Isaiah, I mean, the kid's in phenomenal shape. He probably had no problem keeping up with you. And Yeah, no. If yeah, not running you into the ground. I'm like, dude, you're... St-. And and see, that's the other thing is like, man, I don't treat my kids like snowflakes, dude. If I don't care if they're four or, you know, 15, man. If, if they can't keep up, you know, it's like, all right, you're gone. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like, but they, they will. It's, it's funny because like most people don't push their kids 
hard enough, and this is just my opinion, my mm-hmm. humble opinion. Sure. <laughs> it's like people, you know, everybody's like, oh, oh, they fell down. And it's like, who cares? It's like they'll get yeah. back up, you know, quit babying them, yeah. you know. And uh, and so, and I found out my kids are some tough suckers, man. They We've taken them into places, and we've got <laughs> – We've got <laughs> we got some funny stories about it, but man, like last year, for instance, we went up into a wilderness area here in Oregon, and we were hiking insanely steep stuff through some nasty blowdowns and burns and all that stuff, and we had our whole family with us, and my seven year old son at the time, yeah, or no, he was he was eight at that time, and. But our whole family, you know, all of us, including the dog, we were elk hunting. I mean, kind of. Sure. <laughs> as much it was as- our first experiment of elk hunting as a family. So Jesse was fully not really expecting to see elk, but he was really wanting to try to like see, can yeah. we do this all together? Which yeah. was a really fun experience. And and I'm trying to grow as, because I've been pretty like, like you said, you know, I'm, I'm a loner in that way. I want to go out. I want to actually get something. Mm-hmm. And so... All expectations, I just kind of just had to wrap my mind around it and go, like, all expectations are off. And I'm there to spend time with my family. I'm there to teach my family. And if if for some chance we see an elk or we actually get an opportunity to kill an elk, awesome. Praise God. Um, and so, you know, it all just happened to where, you know, all the trailheads were just stacked full of trucks. I mean, I've never seen that many trucks at a trailhead. And uh, like literally we pull up to the one the last day we were going out and there was 20 trucks. Wow. You know, and trailers and, you know, all sorts of stuff. So now and, your expectations are like really well, down, right? It's like, it's like somebody <laughs> like already, you know, I'm like, okay, I got all these people that I'm taking in and we're just hiking. And so I just called it just the family hike, sure. you know, um, we were bow hiking <laughs> and, uh, my son and myself, Isaiah and I had, had tags and everybody else was just there to just have fun, you know, and just hike. And, but you know, we were bugling and we were getting responses, but I just, I have an earth made app and I was just looking on the map, and after I saw all those trucks, I'm like, well, we're not going here, <laughs> you know? So I looked for the next drainage to, you know, find that there was no road next to. Um, and so I just looked at it. I'm like, okay, we just parked on the road, and we just took off, you know? And then we had to hike up this nastiness and through some blowdowns. So it was so fun. I mean, we were just, like, crawling just through. It's a challenge, you know, just getting up yeah. there and the kids. It was And yeah, we it was really eventually cool. just hit you know, plateaued off on this nice elk trail and we just started following it. We got back a ways, probably about a mile back, started bugling and just started getting responses here and there. And, um, and, and were you guys like, packing in to like stay overnight? No, we just okay. had day packs on. Yeah. It was just a, a mile and a half into the wilderness. That is something that we really yeah. want to do, but we just, we are needing to slowly invest in, you know, just proper <laughs> yeah. quality equipment, equipment and it just yeah. adds up for our size of family but yeah. so we're hoping and to so, get there so <laughs> you know when you try to take a family of seven out there to backcountry hunt you know it's it's we just want to make sure it's going to be warm enough and <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so um yeah anyway so we we ended up getting back there and and we got we actually got into them you know we we could smell them at first and we're like oh this is 
Awesome. And so those were really out because we were thinking there's so many people back here that sure, they, sure. we might be getting responses from people. And the cool part was I had literally no expectations. I actually handed my youngest son the bugle tube and he just started bugling with his mouth, you know, and he's really good. Um, and so I'm like, here, have him bugle. And I took off and my son, my other, or Isaiah took off and, uh, we each had one of the girls with us, you know, cause I wanted, wanted them to experience it if a bull came in and nothing happened that first setup. And so we just kept walking up the drainage and eventually we got up about four thirty in the evening and I let a bugle rip and man, this bull just blew up right below us, like 300 <laughs> yards below us. And everybody's eyes it you was know so and it's cool watching the kids experience yeah, that for the first time they yeah. were they were just loving yeah loving. and it was cool and and elk hunting so cool to do that with a whole family like i don't think i could have done that deer hunting you know because right. making all that noise and all that but elk hunting i mean i sound my family sounds like a herd of elk <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> the trees, so as long as i'm like here uh, have an elk call maybe that's the way to go yeah, yeah passing out elk calls you know and Anyway, so we just get there, and it was it was the most amazing thing because I was the only one that had experienced what it's like to be in the presence of a of a bull bugling, you know, and actually feel it, right? You know, and you don't if you've never had that experience, you don't know what I'm talking about. Well, Isaiah and I had previously, but none of the other kids had. Yeah. Yeah, and so just to get my whole family, all seven of us there. And that bull rips off, man. And their their eyes are big as dinner plates. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. Like they could feel it, you know? And then cool. and then like my two youngest boys, they jump up on this log and they start breaking branches and stuff and i didn't even tell them to they were just you know playing. they were just playing they were just being boys right and i told just i had and, said boys and amanda's like boys boys and i'm like and she's like i'm like no let them let go it. it's perfect it's go. it's perfect <laughs> yeah it, it was perfect man they start breaking branches and then we hear them bugle again closer and wow. so isaiah and i took off and you know busted down the hill which i kind of regret i wish we would have just hung back and and let him come to us but i figure you know they're making noise and bugling and stuff behind us so we'll just get a, up ahead and we ended up boogering him and or i ended up boogering him going over a, a big log and i cow called and he stopped and happened to be perfect for isaiah and isaiah just misjudged the yardage and hit him hit him in the leg and yeah. just didn't wasn't a lethal hit and we followed him out and, and, you know but jesse and i Gosh. we have talked about that so, trip quite a bit and since yeah. that was the earlier september and we've talked about that so much that's probably one of our yeah. favorite memories to this day of just something that we've done as a family it yep. was really a special trip yeah, yeah i can neat. imagine gosh i can't even just think about if you if if everything would have went perfect and yep. you would have actually got a bowl down yeah with that yeah. Yeah. well i'm hoping there's a lot more of those times to come because yeah. i think yeah. the kids all kind of they all got that hunger for you know the excitement in them and they loved scaling yep. that mountain and so i think that everybody's up for it now it's i mean yeah. this was i think probably the first time that we could do something like that without having someone complaining about being tired in fact they're sure. all really good ages right now for that and they're already yeah. up for the adventure which was and I mean now that, and really that you said that, and not I don't mean to like correct you or anything, but to me, <laughs> everything was perfect. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because um, I mean, 
I don't need Isaiah killing two bulls in a row. That's true. <laughs> that <laughs> could have been That could have been detrimental to, like, everybody. He would have thought uh, he was the best elk hunter ever, yeah. you know? Which, it's who bad knows? enough he's got this monster here. <laughs> <That's> his first <laughs> bull. Uh, yeah, it's probably the best. It worked out the way it did. But, no, I mean, literally, like, it's it's, it's those, those moments that, that you know that you struggle with like nobody you don't hear those stories on yeah. the sportsman's channel no or or the outdoor channel where they wound something mm-hmm. um and it happens it, bow hunting especially like i i picked up a trad bow last year and was practicing i shot two strings off of it before season and man it was just i had a lot of opportunity mm-hmm. you know and i wounded an animal with it and it was just it was gut wrenching, but it happens, you know, and that's that's the yeah. Anybody that says it doesn't, I mean, anybody that tries to cover up the fact that you know there's mishaps out there, there's yep. there's blown opportunities. Not hunting isn't perfect, and that's that's why a lot of these shows uh, they're hard to watch, yep. right? Because they try to portray it as picture perfect. Yep. You know, you get in a setup, bull comes running in, you shoot it, and it goes down in 50 yards. And, mm-hmm. You know, sure, that happens sometimes, but um, it's not the norm. No. No. Absolutely. No. Yeah. So, it was good. It was, it's just good to be out there and get out there. And I would encourage anybody, man, that, that has, like, this daunting task of feeling like, oh, man, well, how am I going to do this? It's just get outside. Get your kids outside. And I've thought about it. I'll be honest. I mean, I've thought about you know, because I've done this solo for so many years. I just got my way that I do it, right? And with deer hunting, like you said, it's it's being super quiet. It's it's not talking on ridges because your voice carries. And so I thought, how am I going to do this with the kids? But it's just going to change. You know, we're just going to have to do things a little bit different. And mm-hmm. Yeah, success is going to go way down. But um, only but know, temporarily too, because they'll yeah, learn to be quiet for and all sure. those things as in that process. So. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting hearing your guys' story. And I loved hearing your story with Isaiah and, and how that all worked out. Hopefully that doesn't happen with my daughter. <laughs> I want her to see like this little tiny spike or something. The first time I know, like a cow or a how I started, or, you know, I shot yeah. a spike my first buck, then a spike fork and horn, then yep. a fork and horn, then yep. a fork by three. You know, I worked my way up. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. That's how it works. It's supposed to work anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it was cool too, just because like Jesse said, he is always, that has been his time um, to go hunting and his time to check out. Um, and not something that he's been super willing to share, understandably. And so, um, so that was cool to experience that. And for me, it's going to be so glad to see that he loved it. Cause even while we were there, I kept saying, you know, I was worried. Are you, are you sure that you're okay with this? Do you wish you were hunting on your own? Do you want me to stay back? And he was like, nope, this is what I came for. And he, he just fully you're had You're pretty that. good dad, been, dude. He is. A really I had to, say. I had to like shut that part of the hunter part of my brain off. Mm-hmm. And just go with, like, hey, I'm here to spend time with my family. That's awesome. You know? And it kind of, like, it's weird. It kind of, like, came out and just meshed together. And uh, and it made me a lot more patient. Mm-hmm. You know? Because I'm, it's, you know, I'm really not that patient when it comes to hunting. I mean, a man and I, a man and I have, like, funny hunting story from the year prior about hunting together. Um, and I was not patient. And, you know, we're not. Like <laughs> we learned, we learned a lot of things about each other through this whole hunting, train to hunt experience, and about our marriage. But um, 
yeah, I'm I'm not a very patient hunter when it comes to elk. Like if I see an elk, and you can ask Kenton about this too because he experienced it last I've year. I've heard this about you. <laughs> <laughs> is I'm gone. Like yeah. it's like let's go. There's an elk three miles away, and I'm gonna go get it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and he and everybody's like, wait, why are you running? <laughs> and it's like because I need to get to the elk. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, <laughs> literally running. <laughs> wild man running so yeah and for a guy like kenton to uh to say that yeah you must be crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've had we have our uh infamous whisper yelling fight yeah, while we elk were watching us yeah. you were fighting while elk were watching you yeah. but we were whisper yelling like silent yelling work? at each other it it was interesting. It's com- it's super comical now. Looking back, it was not funny at the time. But was this like who's going to shoot the elk, or was no. this like you're doing things way off? Way you're you're doing things wrong. This was like we had already had a bunch of blown stocks and a big like the first ever experience with with elk was hilarious because she had never seen an elk that close, <laughs> um, and we get there and man, we just got right into the middle of this, you know, little, not even a herd. It was like, there was three bowls together, uh, like a little five point rag, a four point rag and a seven by seven. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, and the seven by seven was the closest one that I could see. And I just like, my brain just went. And the thing, the mistake I made was like, I was there to get her an elk. That was, that was my goal, and the mistake that I made was I brought my bow with me. Mm-hmm. And on, but there was there was so much emotion involved in that weekend. One because it was just a weekend trip, and it was my first time. And um, we, you know, we had to do a lot to get to the elk, and so it was it was so short. I didn't have a lot of time to screw around in my mind. And so I, and that was, that was kind of my first learning too, of just realizing that there's different hunting styles, which I didn't even recognize at that point. And so I think that was a lot of it was learning that I want to hunt differently than Jesse hunts. And so, but on the way there, I mean, he hunts, what he does works incredible for him. It's just harder to do when someone's in tow, you know, not everyone's going to run a lot, run right behind you with their bow and arrow and keep up, you know, (laughs) and not, and so, um, and but for me, I didn't know I was elk hunting until we were a few hours from this place when because we were traveling with um, some of our uh, brothers fr- that we've made friends with from Train to Hunt with uh, Nate McMurtry, Mark Gassner, and I thought we were going for them. And when, on the way there, one of them said, "Amanda, I can't wait to you know get you into some elk and for you to go hunting." And I was me. To, I said me to go hunting, and they were like, "Yeah, that's you're the fr- priority on this hunt." Didn't Jesse tell you that? And I'm looking at Jesse, and Jesse's in the river mirror, like avoiding eye contact with me. <laughs> and I was like, because I told Jesse, oh, I don't awesome. want to hunt an elk until I've got. I, I said, I don't want to hunt an elk until I have a few deer under my belt. And uh, so I was like, oh, really? No, I, I didn't realize I was hunting. So then um, there were just a lot of things that had happened. But then when we got there, and, you know, Mark set up the scope, and they, you know, saw some elk and he told me to take a peek then i was like oh okay you know my heart my adrenaline started pumping a little bit and i thought okay this this is gonna be a blast but 
there was just so much I didn't know or, you know, um, about elk hunting, how emotional it was. And just like, just to be so close to this amazing animal one, like Jesse will tell you was at first I was just super intimidated. It was huge. And he wanted me to just the seven like point. approach it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, so at first I was like, what? I didn't want to get stampy. And it sounded like elephants running through this life. Well, and, I, and all she's ever seen is like Primo's videos where the elk are running in yes. okay. and they, and Run they like, over their like come up to the camera, like a yard away or something like that. And, <laughs> and so it's like that doesn't happen in real life. Sure. And, uh, well, it, they've caught it on video. So it well, you know, that's all on ranches. But anyways, <laughs> oh. I digress. Uh, but we're, you know, Oregon public land. You don't get these opportunities at these big boys right. very much, you know. And and uh, and she's we're sitting there. We just come out of this aspen grove and sagebrush in front of us and then this bull's in this other aspen grove and this other bull is to our left and man and i'm just watching him and and i'm like babe just get in front of this bush and she's like no i need to be behind the tree and i'm like no 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 you need to be in front of the trees it wasn't and it was and like, she's like no they're gonna they're gonna run me over me <laughs> it was just hilarious man and i kind of just had a chuckle at that moment so is this like, the whisper fight no, 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 no that no, no, was no. our my this very first just... encounter that was our okay. first day my yep. first encounter with an elk but then after that i mean we were kind of getting into them a lot seeing them a lot so i i mean i was getting really excited at this point and then then i was um and super frustrated super when the frustrated. wind would change yeah, so all of that up, where I'd be like, oh, I'd feel like we were so close to an opportunity, of yep. course, and then it would change or, you know, what they would get spooked or they, the wind would shift. And so I, that was my first experience of just having my emotions so involved in a hunt. I haven't, mm-hmm. I haven't experienced that yet. And I think that that it was really amazing. And I'm sure that's really a normal thing for elk hunting. But for me, it was just my emotions were, I'd get so amped up, like it's here and then it would be gone. It happened so many times. And then just frustration as a couple and learning, you know, that, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I just really wasn't comfortable running with my bow, uh, through the sagebrush. I could hardly, I, I fell so many times just walking, tripping. <laughs> so I was kind of clumsy out there at first, but, um, but yeah, I think so much of it was just that frustration and Jesse doesn't hear very well. And so it didn't help that, you know, if I, if I was hearing something or seeing something and he was ahead of me, I wanted to let him know, you know, we're passing by something and, you know, he wouldn't hear me. And so I'd get frustrated because I didn't want to keep passing by. And, um, and he was frustrated with me because he wanted me on his heels. And, um, and so just some different things. And so, yeah, it just kind of accumulated to where there was this one kind of our last night there. And I was starting to feel the pressure, of course, because we, I knew we had to go home the next day. Well, Jesse, I knew he was going to come back a week later and stay there for two weeks. So, you know, at one point, you know, there, we had a, at one point we, there was an elk, I had, we had a shot an elk and there was kind of just this big gap in the trees. And so he was like, do you want the shot? And I said, yeah. And so I was kind of getting ready and trying to decide like, you know, where I, how I wanted a position. Well, he kind of gets in front of me and he's getting ready to draw back. So I'm thinking, so then I'm frustrated. And so I said, is, so is this my hunt or is this your hunt? I'm not really sure. Am I supposed to just shoot you or why are you, why are you standing there? You know, I was just so frustrated and he was having such a hard time because he just really wanted to take that shot. I was taking too long for him or whatever. So, well, yeah, she was like thinking it through and, and it was just like, and it's so natural for me to just, okay, I'm just going to draw back and kill this thing. 
it's right there. Yeah, it's going to take off. It's it it sees us. We need to shoot it. It's like hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. <laughs> you know, and it's like it ended up taking off, and it's like all right. And, just, and then that's when it. Like, and then Jesse, started. you know, he likes to he like yeah, like he wants to move quick, shoot quick, which is cool. It works good for him. But when I'm there, it's not going to work really good for us to run up together. And so I was getting frustrated because you know. If it if they spook, Jesse likes that because he likes to chase him down. Like literally, that's what he does. That's how he kills elk. And I think it's super amazing and awesome. But it's just hard when you're following along. And so I'd rather like just stalk and wait and get a shot rather than chase. I don't want to chase an elk. I don't feel like I'm going to be well. It's not as like I. It's not like I throw rocks at him to get him running and then go run out. But if he busts him. them, he just starts taking off after him so i was getting frustrated because they would get wait i feel like we were getting close enough for a shot and then they would bust and he'd be like let's go and i'd be like oh so it was just this this emotional thing that it's kept- not like, they only run like three miles <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so uh. anyway at that last at that last time it was kind of a lot of this where um you know i just felt like he wasn't hearing me there was a part part earlier in the day where i had kept trying to get his attention and he couldn't hear and i could see a bull down below and so my Adrenaline was pumping, and there was this, I just saw this beautiful rack moving down below, and I didn't want him to see us or smell us, but Jesse didn't see him, and he was just trucking along, so I'm, you know, hollering, Jesse, 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 and of course, he wasn't hearing anything, so I'm like, Jesse, I mean, I yelled at Jesse so much that trip, Jesse, 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 <laughs> and so at that point, I picked up a rock to throw it at him because I thought there's no other way that I'm going to get his attention. So thankfully he turned around about that time and he saw me during throw rock and he was like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like a Cain Abel moment here. You know, I was like, I'm trying to get your out. attention. Uh, there's a bull down there. And so uh, anyway, um, so it just had kind of accumulated that day and I was just, I was so annoyed with him and he was so annoyed with me. And that night we were coming in and I don't even remember the situation at this point. When we had our whisper fight, but same thing. Oh, I know we were yeah, uh, we, we were coming in on some. We, it hurt. was like the last. It was the last light, and we saw this herd up up above us. And Mark and and Nate went around, and we went kind of up the bottom, and and we busted this little four point rag out. I he was probably ten feet from me when I busted him, and he didn't see me. He just heard me. I was just cow calling. And he, I heard him bust out and stop, and I knew, like, over this berm, right? And this is, like, the whole time I'm like, just keep up with me, babe. Just keep up with me. And uh, he stopped on the other side of this berm, and I knew he'd be, like, 30 to 40 yards away. Just perfect. And uh, and she was, I look back, and she's, like, 40 yards behind me, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, oh. And so I kind of just peeked over the edge and there he was 40 yards broadside you know just looking back like what's going on and and she's i'm like get in there already get in there already and then i heard him just bust and i was like ah and so that was (laughs) and but there was more there was more elk above us you know more cows and so we're like all right we got this you know there's still more up there they don't they haven't busted or nothing and so we just kept sneaking up and and so that's when when the you know fight started brewing <laughs> and uh and so i kind of like heard her you know she's like i just i need to be in the lead and all this stuff well, and so yeah, I'm like, well that, and at that point too when we were when we were heading up to those elk you know jesse was he busting ahead but he kept going like i wanted to kind of like hide behind the bushes i didn't want to be spotted and he just wants to kind of beeline up to the the uh, bush to hide behind so i'm kind of like trying to like be sneaky and he's like keeps going past me so i keep again i'm like Am I hunting or are you? I'm not really sure what the deal is. And but then I could hear 
um, a cow to my left in these aspens. I just kept hearing her over and over. And Jesse couldn't hear her. He doesn't hear high-pitched things very well at all anyway. And so he couldn't hear her. And so here again, I'm going, Jesse, because one, I didn't know if she could see me. I could hear her, but I couldn't see her. And she was close. She sounded like she was only 30 or 40 yards in, in these trees. And so... That's kind of what it sounded like. Yeah. <laughs> And like so, my daughter? Yeah. Because <laughs> it, it was a calf, actually. And so I couldn't hear, I, I couldn't see. And so I'm trying to get Jesse's attention so he knows that there's something going on over here and he doesn't spook it. And I also wanted, I was just really confused, like just torn. Should I just go and pursue this on my own or follow him this way? And so I kept, again, Jesse, 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 Jesse. And he didn't hear me, didn't hear me. And so then I'm, so I'm, I'm paused because I don't know if, you know, what I'm hearing in the trees is sitting there looking at me or not. So I'm kind of just froze and I'm seeing the elk beyond Jesse and I'm hearing the elk here and I'm just thinking, okay, what do I do? Do I go this way or that way? And so I'm like, Jesse, Jesse, Jesse. And again, he's not hearing me. So he finally turns around and goes, what are you doing? Is that what you said? No, like you just stopped at that moment. Oh, and, I stopped and, and, and I was loses frustrated. It and she just starts crying. I was so Because like all of this is just this emotional oh and that was also it because just like an hour so before that i was trying to chase him through the woods we were through aspens and he here he was again he was running and so i'm trying to keep up with him and i have an arrow knocked which uh, isn't personally the way that i wouldn't want to do it but i'm trying to run and not stab him so i'm trying to stay back far enough and also trying to watch my footing (laughs) i'm not saying i didn't want to but i'm just saying i'm trying trying not to and so this isn't prescription like how you hunt either man i'm not and so i'm trying not to trip there's like all kinds of brush and i'm so i'm trying to watch my footing and not lose sight of jesse because i have no idea where i'm at this is his hunting ground and so i'm running and i trip over this log and my arrow falls off my rest and stabs me in the back of the leg. And so I stop and I'm just fuming at this point. Like it didn't hurt that bad, but it was enough to make me mad where I told him, this is why I don't want to run like this. And so he turns around and is like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, what am I doing? I'm trying to keep up with you. I'm trying not to stab myself or you, you know? And so by that, so that happened just a couple hours before. So I'm I'm at that point when Jesse saw me at this last, right before dark and he turns around and yeah, I'm standing there and I just was finally, I just, I just got so frustrated. I just started to cry quietly and he was turned around and he goes, why are you crying? (laughs) What are you doing? And there's like, and there's an elk 80 yards above us. Oh yeah. Like, Kind of looking down, like, on the other side of these bushes because we had bushes in front of us. And so then at this point, I'm, like, trying to, like, tell him, I'm, like, you just keep running me past all these elk and you get my hopes up and then they come down. And I keep trying to tell you that there's elk right here. And if you would just hear me when I keep saying, Jesse, Jesse, Jesse. And he was, like, this is stupid. I don't even know why I brought you. And I was, like, huh. This is stupid. I didn't even ask for you to bring me. This was your stupid idea. So here we are just, like, how many yards apart are we? Probably 15. Yeah. And we're just like whisper yelling. Our arms are flailing in the, and, and at this point I'm, and I'm seeing the elk behind Jesse just looking at us and they're thinking, you know, stupid hunters. I don't think we have anything to worry about. These people do. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember all that it went on. I'd have to, yeah. I don't know. I think I've blocked some of that out, but oh my gosh. Yeah. That's awesome. yeah we didn't, we didn't kill anything. And that I think, night. and she's like, <laughs> and she, or no, the funny part was cause like, you know, hunters, we got like, like if you see something, you're going to be like, 
Oh, that's silently, what it was. and and uh, and she's <laughs> like, she doesn't know your signs. things over there, blah, blah, blah. and I'm like, all you got to do is this. Yeah, you guys can't see, but Jesse's doing the whole, you know, po- point to your eyes and then point to the thing. And I said, I would love to do this, and I copied him, and I said, but you can't. And I'm pointing to his ears. You can't hear a dang thing, you know. So anyway, uh, it was just. Uh, oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. it's pretty dramatic, but wow. See. Yeah. So yeah, two totally different hunting styles. Yeah. Obviously, I think a man where Amanda would shine is in like the North Woods of Idaho. Yeah. You know, call those bulls in; she can be ready, cool, calm. Yeah. You, you're like a New Mexico, Arizona guy. Yeah, you're like chasing elk and seeing oh, yeah, them dude. miles. I like away seeing them miles forward. away and be like, okay, I can get to there mm-hmm. and going for it. You know? Oh, that's awesome! Oh wow, yeah, that's uh. Yeah, that's probably what, uh, well, if me and my wife ever do a hunt together, that's probably how we're going to do. We're going to probably have some of those little whisper fights, I'm guessing, but uh, we'll see, hopefully. Yeah, that's fun. I, I think I learned, like, I, I like what Jesse does, and I think it was fun. I'd prefer not to do that with a bow in my hand. I'd rather just follow him with, like, a little camera or something and watch him do his thing and then do my hunting in a different way or something but i mean i I had a great time with him it was just so i wasn't expecting that there was a lot of just new things that happened that trip that kind of caught me off guard and but it was a it's a good memory and i think again we learned a lot from it and we learned a lot i mean a lot of those things kind of just reflect areas in your marriage you need to work on in general you know just listening to each other and tuning in and you guys are laughing about it now yeah (laughs) yeah well matters till you leave yeah, yeah, it's probably gonna be a more than a whisper fight. I might, I might end up tripping down the stairs again <laughs> or getting stabbed by one of these random arrows. Oh, we don't have stairs. That'll be tricky. Oh man. Um, I'm gonna go one by one, but I've got a couple questions for you guys. Amanda, first off, what is Jesse's biggest strength? Oh, we'll get to it about each other on the spot. Yep. Yeah, oh, Jesse is. Um, I don't know if I can say one. I'll just try to say a couple. He's very loyal. He is a super loyal friend, and he's very dedicated. If there's something Jesse's passionate about, he's relentless about it. And so I feel like those are the things that stand out to me. Um, and um, and his and his faith um, and the way that he leads our family is just huge. Um. So, yeah, I just, and I think that's where so much of that loyalty and dedication comes is something bigger than himself. But yeah, Jesse is super loyal, uh, just super dedicated, super good at just, especially as a husband, just he's uh, so good at just unconditionally loving, seeing past all my junk. And I just feel like that takes a really unique person. I'm not as good at that. Um, so. She doesn't have a whole lot of junk to see past. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I'll set up a camera. Okay, Jesse. Um, what is a, Amanda's, what is Amanda's biggest strength? strength? Man. <laughs> Hard to biggest think of one. Strength. <laughs> I think he's. I think there's so many. He's trying to pick out the it, best It's one. just like perfection. No. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, please. I don't know, man. I see this woman through you know glasses that you know god has just given me this this like filter or something because the way she talks about herself to the way i see her is like two different people um but man yeah i can verify that i mean i've heard you talk about her and it's just yeah (laughs) it's pretty incredible yeah she is 
I would say her biggest strength, though, is just her love for Jesus, man. I mean, just she absolutely just our faith is everything to her, and and it's and it's a beautiful thing that I get to rest on that she's not. She's very. She's pretty. She has a lot of tenacity when it comes to doing what's right, mm-hmm. you know, doing the right thing, and um, and she does it all for God's glory and not for her own, you know. So there's a giant humility piece in there that I get to learn from her um, when I see her being selfless, like like being a mom of five kids, homeschooling and. Um, and cooking and cleaning and, you know, doing all that stuff for, you know, Isaiah's 17 years old, you know, and our youngest is eight and she's just been doing it so long. And, you know, there's all these women out there that do that. And it's such an, like a downplayed job. Like it's harder than any job that I've ever had that, you know, anybody ever has being a mother in, in, and that is so downplayed in our culture and it's, and it's a travesty. And I think that, you know, I just, her being a mom, yeah, I mean, I know I'm like butchering like one thing, but man, it's just watching her just so give of herself so selflessly for so many years. And, um, yeah, I just think, and she doesn't really, it's not really like she doesn't seek praise for it or anything. But it's it that he it takes a genuine humility that she can only get from God to do that. Can I just say really quick to any moms that are out there because this is what women tend to do is they hear oh this woman she has five kids and she homeschools and I think sometimes they think I could never do that or um, she must be so amazing and kind of say that it's it's um, it is something that I do but it's not. I don't do it perfectly and I make a whole lot of mistakes in it. And so I don't want to give anyone the idea that I have this together and figured out. I'm just wrestling through uh, life and learning myself. And this is just where I'm at and God has you where you're at too. And we're just all learning together. So I don't want anyone to think by any means that I'm this, uh, yeah, amazing. Well, it shows through your kids. I mean, you guys have (laughs) phenomenal kids. It's, it's pretty incredible. Thank you. I have that opportunity to meet them. It's, I like that. Great. <laughs> you got to spank them enough. To make it good. Is that it? Yeah, five o'clock. Works? Just line them up. There you go. <laughs> Whether they the need trick. it or not, Wednesday's spanking day. <laughs> oh, that's good to know. <laughs> you didn't hear that, Tana. <laughs> uh, all right. So um, I won't make you guys do each other on this one, but uh, weakness? your weakness. What's your weakness? My weakness. Hmm. My biggest weakness. Oh, man. Babe, what's my weakness? Again, there's, there's so many. It's I like, know. It's like, where does it, what do I start with? Um, hmm. I've never thought of myself as being weak. No. I'll, I'll help you later when we're off. Yeah. No. Um, I would say probably um, my my inability to um, maybe um, take criticism well, you know. Um, We don't, I mean, I don't like it when somebody tells me I'm doing something wrong. Uh, 
mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and um, and so just like that struggle that I have of being humble and listening, um, I think would be for myself, you know, like not I can I can fake it with the best of them, but the internally, mentally, it's it's really difficult for me to be like. You know, to look, not take it to heart. To not take it to heart. And yeah, and to not like look at somebody who's actually giving me good advice, but I just don't want to hear it. Sure. You know what I mean? And so that pride piece, mm-hmm. you know, so. Yeah, for me, that's easy. I can think of a couple right off the top. Um, One of my main weaknesses is that I get easily bored and restless. And so uh, that especially this year has been a bit of a, a struggle that can be hard when you're <laughs> a stay at home mom and homeschooling. I have a kind of an adventurous heart and a bit of a free spirit. And so uh, I get restless if I'm doing the same thing too long. And so that can just affect my attitude and I have to really uh, watch that and keep that in check. Um, and also um, uh, one of my weaknesses is that I, uh, I can be my greatest enemy and just my need for um, accomplishment or to see something done or a little bit of perfection, which is really um, almost impossible to have in a home when you're raising five kids. And so I can wrestle that frustration or feeling like I want to get things accomplished. But I also, I'm a quality timer. So my heart is to like give each of my kids and to pour into them, give each of them my time. So it's that constant battle of just, um, not giving into the things I feel like need to get done that really don't matter and to be able to set those things aside and have the wisdom to set those aside to stop and listen when someone wants to talk and I'm tired and I want to go to bed or I want to like get something done. And, uh, and I think that also can go into the boredom and restless thing too, is, you know, I was telling Jesse a couple weeks ago, I think one of the things I realized is that, you know, I've been doing this for a long time and I wouldn't trade it. And I love having my kids. Um, I love the time I have with them. I get a little restless sometimes in teaching academics. I just want to go and like have fun with them and go do things, which isn't super responsible, but I need to be home and, and grounded. But I think that's one of the challenges of what moms do is that you don't necessarily uh, get a at the end of the day clock clock out and say, wow, I accomplished what I needed to do today or I feel like I finished this project. You know, I, I mean, we're just kind of making deposits as moms, as parents that uh, you don't necessarily see that same day or you don't see right away. And so that's kind of a, something I struggle with is I just want to see like something accomplished or something, feel like I finished something. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like that can be one of my weaknesses is just getting so caught up in wanting to complete something that it can interfere with me just settling in and being able to tune in, uh, with, with people like I'm wanting to. So, but yeah, those are a couple of them. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, um, last question, what are you guys most grateful for? (laughs) That's easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, I mean, Jesus, man, what he did for us. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, that's why, that's why, I mean, it all leads to, you know, that's why I hunt. That's why I, that's why I fight for public lands. That's why, I, you know, want to be a good dad or a good husband. It's because of what Christ did for me, you know. And the, the knowing that God created it all, knowing that God gave us this moment, this very moment in life to be here, to be talking to you guys. You know, he orchestrates everything. He's got his hands and everything. And um, and I would say that's 
probably for both Amanda and I. It's just absolutely. I fit, I mean, I there's nothing else I could say. First of all, than just my. I know I might might be weird on the podcast, but that's just that week. Jesse and I can't be asked that question and not say something about Jesus because that's mm-hmm. the whole purpose of our our for our family, our lives, and my life right now would be so different. Um, I, you know, for me, God interjected at an incredible time where I was heading down a different track. And, um, I sometimes think about the woman that I would be where I was going. Um, and, uh, I know I definitely would probably be battling some addictions right now. And, uh, you know, I was heading to go make a living dancing and I don't mean cha-cha. So, <laughs> um, I was, uh, yeah, I just was on a completely different path, kind of a self-destructive path and, uh, just a lot of things from my life that, um, at that time I was just really angry and bitter and ready to just maybe self-destruct a little. And, uh, there were just so many times in my life where I'm, I just know God interjected. And I think some people can have that mindset of thinking, well, you know, sometimes when you have nothing left, of course you're reaching for something, but that's not the case. Um, this got to us, our relationship with the Lord isn't, uh, just a notion or an idea. It's an actual experience where we've experienced God in our life in such an incredible and personal and intimate way that you can't deny his existence and we can't deny what he's done in our lives. And so for us, our lives now are not our own. It's just a desire to just pour back out to him. And that for us, that is just loving people and loving our children. And so I'm super thankful for that. Of course, just my salvation that God loves us, um, mm-hmm. despite what what we've done, who we are, yeah. what we do, that he doesn't see us. Um, he doesn't see us that way, thankfully, yeah. to the blood of Jesus, that we're clean and whole and yeah. we have the opportunity for a fresh start. And also just super thankful for family and community and friends, because especially, I think, just during this last season with my sister passing, um, you just gain a whole new perspective when you lose someone that was so close to you and your family, our families just come even closer, which I didn't really think was possible, but I just, um, and community that's come alongside us and walked through us during this journey. Grief, grief is a really interesting process and one that I wasn't quite prepared for. And I honestly don't know how to do, and I don't know that you can prepare for it, but, um, but family has been so huge. I just can't, I can't say enough of how thankful I am for, for family and, and good friends and things like that. So anyway, well, man, um, we should probably end it here. It's getting pretty late. I don't want to... We've kind of invaded your house here. It's late. We're used to but, it. It's uh, good, man. I love it. So happy uh, you guys could get on here yeah. and share a couple stories and, and we could talk about this. And, yeah, thanks um, for having us. Really glad to finally see where you guys live because, uh, yeah. man, like I said, Jesse, you put me through a pretty killer train to hunt workout. That was St. Patrick's Day, wasn't it? That yep. we did that mm-hmm. a couple days ago. Yeah. yeah, that was fun. That was so, a good time. Uh, yeah, for sure. A good but, time. Um, I like working out with beasts like you, man. <laughs> yeah. You push me. No, you had me going. I was that was a tough one. But uh um cool. yeah, man, really appreciate you guys sitting down and talking with Hill and I and yeah. um letting us into your house and gotta hear all these cool stories and hear about the family and, and meet everybody and yeah. yeah, it was pretty fun. So Yeah, and I wanna I wanna just thank you on behalf of the hunting community, man, for what you, you mm-hmm. guys are doing with the the podcast and stealthyhunter.com and stuff like that. And man, it's just helped out a lot. I've become, you know, I, I keep trying to do dehydrated stuff and, you know, in the kitchen yeah. and stuff, doing stuff like that. So Which man, I it's, never thought I'd yeah, see that. It's, crazy. uh, it's well, really dude, I drank some of your kombucha the other day. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Yeah, it's cool. I mean, I think, uh, like Hill was mentioning before, I think train to hunt has kind of kicked our butts into wanting to get out more and help people and, you know, show or give advice on nutrition or, you know, try to help people better themselves and, you know, help all of us get a little bit healthier. Mm -hmm. It's pushing us to do more things and, and hopefully it's helping some folks out there, but yeah, uh, that's the goal here. Yeah. And it helps to go for it. It helps too. Just when you, when you're both on the same page and your and your family, when both spouses, you know, you guys, it's, it matters to both of you, what you're eating, what your kids are eating and things like that. And so I think that's another thing I've loved about train to hunt and, what Jesse has been inspired from your family by and just things like that is that's really helped our family. Cause it's hard when there's one, one parent yeah. that wants to do things one way and the other that doesn't mm-hmm. when you're, you know, raising up kids. And so it's just really cool to Jesse's just kind of blindsided me and surprised me in some ways where I'm like, Oh, I need to get my act back together too. So it's <laughs> yeah, just it's, been really helpful. To it is. It's that. awesome when, you know, both of the, you know, the, both the parents or the, the couple can kind of push each other. And, yeah. You know, I, I've learned so much from my wife. She's pushed me into, um, you know, being healthier, more fit. And she doesn't let me slack or eat junk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, I probably would be if we had never met. Who knows where I'd be. But, um, yeah, and that's, again, it kind of looks, look, that's how I look at Train to Hunt as well, is uh, we all kind of lean on each other and learn yeah. from each other and yep. keep pushing ourselves. And, you know, next year we'll be better than this year. So Yeah, you know, and if I could plug the, the Train to Hunt, you know, site too man just sure. go sign up for a grand slam membership man uh, 149 bucks and a year and then you which get, is a smoking deal yeah mm-hmm. it is i mean you get you get an entry into a train to hunt challenge which will run you 100 bucks anyways so and then you get entered into all these drawings and you get to read the blogs and all that stuff so it's just a lot of really good information that kenton puts out and all the trainers that are involved and stuff and man it's just such a cool program that yeah and i think it's going to grow um leaps and bounds this year with everything you guys have been doing and, and social media and getting the word out there and kind of how the format has changed. I think yep. it's going to bring a lot, a lot of new folks into it. And, um, just from the folks I've been talking to, it sure seems like what you guys have done with these challenges and, you know, dropping the weight and just making it more conducive to, you know, everybody being able to come yeah. and, and compete. It's still hard. It's still oh, yeah. really, really hard. You're going to know you've been somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. But you're going to, you're going to walk away feeling good and, yeah. and just tired and dragging hopefully. But, uh, but yeah, it's it's just an awesome awesome thing, and we're getting close. Mm-hmm. Yep, we're getting yep. real close. May got- May sixth in Nevada is yep. the first event I'm running, um, and Oregon is June third, and then I'm going to be running Pennsylvania as well. That's June twenty fourth. Yeah, and so. I just want to encourage people too. There's I know there's so many people that are listening that are thinking about competing and. It's really easy to talk yourself out of it or feel intimidated, but I just want to encourage uh, those people just to come out and give it a try. It's such an encouraging community. I don't think anyone has done it and regretted it. And there's there's always people that are new to shooting, new to working out, that are competing, and so you're not going to be the only one. And so if you're just even thinking about it or just a little bit of a spark, just go for it and just come and let us cheer you on and, um, yeah, just be changed by trying to hunt in the community and just join the family. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and you, you had mentioned something before, like um, – something with like, you know, Beth Carr, she's, she's at these events. And one thing that as soon as you said that I remembered at nationals, um, she was there on the sidelines, Mm -hmm. you know, encouraging, I got to watch 
uh, Scott compete before I did, but you know, we're in the same class so we're competing against each other, but you know, she's there like pushing him, pushing him, pushing him and encouraging. But when I was up doing my thing, she was doing the same thing with me uh-huh. and you know, we're, we're competing, you know, yeah. we're buddies, but we're competitors when we're doing that. And she was doing the same thing. She was pushing me and, you know, screaming in my ear right behind me to, to keep going and, and go harder and this Absolutely. and that. Absolutely. And I think that's, that's what's special is. about this too, is even people that I've been competing against, you know, in my own category, they're cheering for you as well, or, you know, checking in on you on the course or if, if they walk past you. I mean, it's just a really unique yeah. um, community, just that you're, you're rooting each other on, you know, you just have that respect for one another. And yep. It's yep. pretty special. Yeah, for sure. That's great. And again, guys, thanks for being on here. Thanks for sharing all your stories, for sharing everything. And, um, again, you know, inviting us into your home and doing this. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, thanks, thanks for, for coming. Man. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's it guys. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you. Hey folks, thanks for listening to the Hunt Harvest Health podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Visit our website at huntharvesthealth.com for more podcast stories and recipes. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hunt Harvest Health. You can also message me at stahealthyhunter, that's S-T-H, and I will be more than happy to answer any questions you might have. Also tag your photos, Hunt Harvest Health, or Get Stealthy, as we enjoy seeing what you guys are doing as well. 